Hey everyone, today is Thursday, the 23rd of July, 2020. This is Gap, episode 526. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gore is here, and you've been away all week. Where have you been? In a tiny house. In a tiny house, Luke. And let me tell you. Not, not your usual place. No, no, not my usual Sydney living. Uh, much smaller, <laughs> actually. Uh, yeah, no, went away. Uh, was supposed to, We were supposed to actually, like... Theoretically, I'm not sure exactly how the dates would have lined up, but based on hmm. some rough calculations, uh, you and I should have been hanging out in person this week, in real life, except for everything that's happened. Me, uh, I was like, I had booked flights to come to yes. the states. I would have flown in late last week and uh, gone about LA for a bit, gone to Disneyland, I think. Hmm. I'd have a fucking lightsaber, you know, the whole fucking bit. And then... Uh, you can still go. And then, yeah, it's, still, yeah it's right? It's hard. <laughs> Dreams do come true. Uh, and then we would have driven up to fucking San Fran and come and hung out with you. But yeah. uh, obviously that didn't happen. And so as a result... Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, you, you know, you got a lot on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we decided to take a holiday, a, uh, a responsible, socially isolated holiday that you're able to take when you're theoretically not supposed to leave the state. Uh, or there's a decent chance that at any time they might just say nobody's allowed to leave the state. So you're like, yeah, let's mm. book something inside the state. So we booked a tiny house and uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of fucking ridiculous, right? Like the concept's fucking crazy. It's a... It's an entire house built into something the size of my office. Uh, there's a bed and, like, you know, a kitchen and bathroom, all that kind of shit. It's basically glamping. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's glamping, right? Like, it's it's camping without the tents. Uh, but Nobody likes that anyway. The camping inside a tent? But yeah, unless it's a fancy tent. Nobody wants to do that. One of those real fancy <laughs> tents, yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds good at the time. You get there and you're like, this is terrible. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm sleeping on like rock. There's something in my back. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I actually, I get into a bit of camping, but it's like you, you sort of get why like stories of people from olden times, they're always drunk a lot because I always mm. have to drink a shitload if I am to go to sleep on a rock like with a rock sticking in me and I'll wake up the next morning and my back's fucking killing me because I'm old as shit and then uh, yeah, I'll be like oh this uh, and I'm going to hangover obviously and all my hangovers are 16 times as long and you're just like why did I go camping but the upside of camping is that you start drinking again at fucking 8 o'clock in the morning and you're like oh yeah camping's pretty good eh? I hate camping mm. eh? Mm. Um, and the downside of camping is that you always run out of everything a day early I don't know if I don't know if it's just me, but <laughs> I have never gone camping and not run out of something critical. One time it was firewood. Uh, another time it was booze, which was extremely bad. Uh, and yeah, firewood is all around you. You can get firewood easily. Oh yeah, booze you can't get. No, it. exactly right. Like it's, it's a little trickier. Um, but yeah, so glamping is is basically yeah the same concepts. Uh, but this this shit was fucking amazing. We were on the other side of the Blue Mountains, um, in a place called Oberon, and uh, yeah, we went um, stayed in in this tiny house. 
it was still very much, you know, we built a campfire, we cooked over the campfire and uh, got down a fucking negative six degrees or some shit. So we're freezing. And uh, it was in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't in the dark zones. The original plan was to go to the dark zone, but it's extremely difficult to get something in the dark zone. Um, but we, So we weren't in the dark zone. The dark zone is like this area that is specifically created to... Uh, like minimize light pollution so that you can, you know, astronomers and shit clear go there. Yeah, clear skies and stuff. Um, we weren't there, but we were basically isolated from uh, all humanity for fucking kilometers and kilometers. And uh, we were perched on just off the lee side of one hill. So we were protected. We couldn't see, like, sunrise didn't fucking bake us, but uh, yeah, you, like, you still got all the effects and you got sun sunset and you could see like you could literally have this fucking giant window uh on one side of the wall like one wall was basically a window and the bed was right next to it so when you went to sleep mm. you'd wake up periodic periodically in the night and you'd look and there would like just the entire fucking universe like just outside the window like uh, i haven't seen that many fucking stars ever like literally ever it was fucking ridiculous it was fucking amazing so that was awesome. The downside, it was negative four degrees and one wall was a fucking pane of glass, uh, which isn't the greatest insulator in the world. So uh, uh, we had like seven blankets plus a sleeping bag. Uh, and we were like wearing full pajamas, like jumpers and socks and fucking slippers and all this kind of shit. And it was still cold as yeah. fuck. Uh, other than that, it was fucking awesome. Like it was a real good... Good time. I just fucking read a bunch of comic books. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It was good. Read, uh, was it, uh, Cathago, which uh, I hadn't heard of before, but it's good. It's a good read. Uh, it's a, like a pulp uh, adventure, uh, like one of those old pulp adventure, like dime store novels uh, in that sort of style, but with a more modern uh like storytelling techniques a lot of jumps about in time which got a little bit confusing you had to use a lot of con context to fucking work out what point in time they were fucking talking about but yeah basically uh you know the plot to the meg yep giant shark giant shark imagine if someone yep. took that and actually developed a like story into it as opposed to just jason jason statham not having any sexual chemistry and, and yeah yeah and then yeah um yeah so basically that so it's, it's a decent read there's a fuck ton of books like 10 books or something and i started reading um the manhattan projects by jonathan hickman uh, the first one was uh christoph christoph beck i think yeah beck um and yeah jonathan hickman is the manhattan projects and uh, i've only just started but it's pretty fucking wild so far. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like literally just a do-nothing holiday. Like going mm. to America would have been a do-everything holiday. It would have been one of those holidays where you get back and you're like, I need a holiday for my holiday. <laughs> and like everyone around you like, yeah. fuck off, wanker. This was a do-nothing holiday. It was a perfect holiday. And we, oh, fucking. The drive out was like six hours, like three hours there, three hours back. And... uh yeah, we listened to, uh, if, if anyone needs a good fucking audiobook, the Sandman audiobook is fucking phenomenal. 
Uh, like mm. Neil Gaiman. This is a new one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, brand new. Out like last week, Neil Gaiman, Sandman. Uh, and you got to see the fucking... Uh, the cast on this shit. Like, it's bananas. The, they've got, like, proper fucking... Actors. They got... Who we got? Uh, oh, that's awesome. Cat Dennings. Cat death. <laughs> uh, yeah, Taron Egerton as Constantine. James McAvoy is uh, Sandman himself. Gaiman does the narrating. Uh, yeah. What else? Anyone else? Michael Sheen as Lucifer. That was pretty cool. I don't think I've met uh, Matthew the Raven yet. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Like, it's just... Uh, killer fucking cast and yeah it's it's done really well uh there's only one one thing i didn't like was uh at one point they do like a a sound effect of like a computer in the in the 80s you know doing like the tapes and stuff and i don't know it wasn't just me my wife could hear it too we were driving and i had to fucking like pull over and pause because it was like at this register, it was this whirring at this register that felt like it was like dismantling my brain. I'm like, no, nah, I can't actually fucking concentrate while this is. I'm like, holy shit. Get the fuck out of here with this shit. Anyway, uh, apart from that, and it's, it was only like two minutes long, not even that, maybe like just felt like two minutes. But uh, yeah, apart from that, no, phenomenal fucking book. And, you know, it is, it seems, it's been a while since I read Sandman. But it, it's extremely faithful based on my recollection. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Very good stuff. Anyway. Does he have any relation to the Sandman from Spider-Man? No. No. Okay. He's DC. Is he actually made out of sand, this guy? Oh, no. Definitely not. Oh. No. All right. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. False advertising. That's it. Um. <laughs> Cool. Time to sue DC. Sounds like an interesting weekend. Uh, did you have much time for games when you got back? Or was that sort of like your weekend and, and last week? Did you just get back this morning or yesterday? Last oh. night. Got back last night. Went straight to KFC. Bought 21 pieces of fucking hot and spicy. It's back on the menu. As you do. It's not the yep. same. Uh, I was very disappointed to see that they had like a... It was slightly craggly. Remember the fucking, mm. like, almost yellow, craggly coating on Hot and Spicy? This is like a deep, dark brown. Like, closer to original chicken's coating. Right. Maybe it was, like, burnt. Maybe. I mean, yeah, the, the KFC near me is, uh, I think it's got, like, 1.2 stars on Google Maps. <laughs> I think... <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it might be the worst case I mean, in Australia. Like, uh, it shouldn't be that hard. They regularly run out of chicken. Um, yeah, anyway. It, it, yeah, I think it might be the yeah. worst case in Australia. What do you Australia? buy from a chicken shop that doesn't have a chicken? Like, right. Shouldn't you just close at that stage? That's like a pizza place running out of, oh, we're out of pizza, uh, all right? Okay. And they, they don't sell, it's not like they sell um, pastas or anything. Ah. It's like garlic bread. Do you want some garlic bread? Uh, can I pay too much for some uh, soft drink? <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell. Um, anyway, they didn't run out of this. They did hook us up. It took me go to the fucking go to the drive through, uh, like the you know pull up to the drive through speaker box. Oh, what do you want? Uh, Twenty one pieces of chicken. 
two large chips and a large potato and gravy, please. Dead silence for like 30 seconds. What do you want? They come through again and I'm like, 21 pieces of chicken. And I pause for like two seconds. And I'm like, is that it? I'm like, no, plus two large chips and a large potato and gravy. And I'm still not, I'm, I'm trying to keep cool. Because, you know, they're all obviously stoned because they work at a KFC. And, like, I'm not trying to fucking kill anyone's buzz. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They didn't say, like, drive through to the next window. They didn't say anything. Pull up to the next window. Pull up there. They're doing, like, a shift change or something. So this new chick, like, opens the fucking window. Uh, I see them switch. And, like, the chick who's handing off is, like, yelling at the new chick. She opens the window and she's like, 21 pieces of chicken. I'm like, plus two large chips and a large potato and gravy. She's like, right, drive through. I'm like, uh, am I supposed to pay? <laughs> or get through to the next one? Two rolls Free up chicken. and he's got like a bucket of chicken. I'm like, plus two large chips, potato and gravy. He's like, all oh, right. Stops it on. I'm like, am I supposed to pay? I shouldn't have said it. I would have gotten free chicken. But yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. And he pulls out this fucking thing on a stick and holds it like the the FOS machines on this giant stick so that you don't have yeah. to, like, they can put it all the, the COVID way. Stick yeah, they call. that's what it is, the COVID stick. <laughs> and they cram it through the fucking window. I'm like, fuck, I could have gotten fucking free chicken. Anyway, away we go. Uh, and I had like four pieces and I'm like, well, Ridiculous. That were giant. Like you were like, I shouldn't have paid for this. Have paid. <laughs> this isn't craggly enough. It's not light brown and craggly like I expected. Anyway, it was still it was still chicken. It was still fried chicken. I mean at the end of the day, right? As long as I've got twenty one pieces and yeah, I had four. And they were fucking huge. Uh the size of these chickens is ridiculous. Anyway. Uh awesome. Yeah. Games? Should we do some games? Yes. Um, I uh, I checked out Neon Abyss. It's a game you talked about last week. Hmm. The uh, Xbox Game Pass, a uh, new roguelike shooter, I guess. Yep. Um, it's like a two D side scrolling platforming game, uh, similar to like a lot of roguelike games we've seen recently. The sort of rogue legacies and. Um, uh, what else was there that we played similar to to that? Dead Cells, similar. Yeah, Enter the Gungeon. Um, um, yeah, Enter the Gungeon is like top down though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's still it's still shooting based. You know, I feel like this one. Yeah, it's like a mash. The bosses in this remind me a lot of Gungeon because they're very yeah. um, like bullet hellish. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're doing like a lot of um, move sets and shooting in yeah. certain spots. You've kind of got like time your your positions and that sort of thing. And risk of rain um, as well, I think. Okay. I think there's a bit yeah. of risk of rain in it because it has the like more than other roguelikes, roguelites, roguelikes, whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, mm. uh, Neon Abyss has the like propensity to get really like out of hand. You wind up having like RNG falls your way and suddenly you're just this like god of death. 
like I don't know if you've seen that have that had that happen yet, but yeah, it definitely has it in it to do that. Right. Yeah, I've only played um uh, just the sort of after we finished recording. I played for a couple hours. Um, yeah, there's just been other stuff out that I've been doing as well. So I haven't played too much of it, but uh, like I'm enjoying it for the most part. Um, it's uh it, it's extremely RNG heavy mm. in terms of the stuff that you get. Mm. Like there's this whole uh, like Pokemon system you sort of talked about, where you get these eggs and you collect them as you're going through the levels, and uh, and they end up hatching as you complete certain sections of the game um and then they give you sort of like bonuses and things like that and sometimes they can stack up you'll get the same one multiple times or you get new things and then every time you um hatch one of these you sort of getting more and more powerful on top of getting like new weapons and uh and that sort of and stuff your items so, and yeah 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 and, and i guess that's the, the bit that's kind of very rng is you can't really at this stage at least um be like oh this is the build i want to go for you kind of just stuck with whatever it kind of throws at you um there's definitely there's not like a lot of weapons as well like there is definitely uh there like it does happen once you like on your first couple of runs until you beat like the the final like the first run is like five levels long right and until you beat that one you never really like go long enough for it to matter but eventually you do get to a point where you are like hyper aware of the sorts of shit that you're picking up hmm. like there, there are situations where you're like oh under no circumstances do I want to pick up that item or something like that um, yeah I think the one that I got was the, the little fucking Pokemon dude that turned hearts into poison or something oh and the every time i hearts. picked it up i'd lose health <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is going on yeah um it took me a couple of goes to realize what was happening like yeah. i'd pick up a heart and i'd get hurt and i was like what what happened there yeah. and then after like the fourth time of seeing this dude like touch it i'm like no stop oh you little piece of shit yeah <laughs> so yeah there needs to be a, there definitely needs to be a way to dismiss the little fucking egg creatures, like get rid of them. I haven't worked out how to do it, and I'm I've I'm at like the fucking I don't know fourth stage or something. I've unlocked shitloads of stuff. I, I played a lot of it. I stopped playing because yeah, it does wind up feeling very RNG heavy, and you feel like you're chasing that perfect run a lot of the time. Like my first, the first time I beat the fifth boss, uh, and it reset, like. Mm-hmm. I think I could have, like, it, I don't think there was anything you could have thrown at me that could have stopped me. Like, I was, I was doing, like, I had, I can't remember, I, I, like, everything I shot exploded. Uh, so my biggest worry was when I got the little rock out of the egg. Because yeah. if he would, if he rotated in front of me, it exploded on him and that damaged me. That was the only way I took damage. Because everything was fucking dead. Everything in a room was dead. Like, fucking bosses died inside of fucking 20 seconds. Like, everything just died nonstop. Um, yeah, like, I was unstoppable. But if I had a little rock dude and my my shots hit him, it would explode in my face and I would take, like, a full heart of damage and it was very annoying. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I had like, I had this dude like turning, he was turning, no, anytime he picked up gold, he'd drop a shield. And uh, so I was like, I had the maximum amount of shields. Uh, right, yeah. Because you get a lot of gold. Yeah. Uh, because everything was fucking exploding. Uh, like, er, like because every shot exploded, I didn't need like grenades to open up walls and stuff. So I had access to literally every fucking treasure chest there was. Um, I had this like master key or something. I don't know what it mm-hmm. was, but I didn't need keys to open treasure chests. So I just had everything, right. and it kept like I kept getting more and more and more and more, and like I was sort of paying attention to what I was picking up but it didn't really matter because like most of the time it was like you fire faster your gun does more damage and Hmm. things were just dying faster and faster and faster and yeah I couldn't I couldn't be stopped in that one and that that felt fucking awesome and then after like I got to the fifth boss and I killed it the game like auto fucking dumps you back at the bar that's the end of your run and I'm like, oh, yeah. well, that fucking sucks. But I guess I'll continue for a little bit. And the next run was shit. I didn't have, I had fucking yeah. garbage. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So that's like, it does sort of feel very swingy. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. I got the God RNG. This feels fucking amazing. Where And then you, you get every fucking egg opens and there was nothing inside. And you're like, all right, well, fuck it then. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, there's not really anything you... Like, you can't really play around that, you know? I think that's that's the mm. thing. There's there's definitely RNG in that game that you just can't play around. There are runs where you just accept that you will never fucking win because it doesn't matter how fucking good you are, right? The Like, I... I, I mean, I'm sure you could fucking beat... You know, someone will roll in and beat every single boss without ever fucking... With the basic weapon without ever picking up extra hearts or some shit because they just no hit it you know like that dude who no hit fucking dark souls all four dark souls games or whatever the fuck uh like i'm not saying it's literally impossible i'm just saying it's not feasible you know it's it's unrealistic to expect and it, i think it's poorly designed to create the game to require either that degree of ability or the amount of luck required to actually get a decent build. Like you just, yeah, you're just not able to walk into a fucking uh, run with a decent build every single time. It's just fucking ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. That, that's what burnt me out on the game eventually. Like I, I must have, I got fucking deep though. Like I went fucking uh, the fourth big boss i think he is hades i've I've got to do something in the underworld and i'm not sure what it is but i don't fully get like it it doesn't really explain everything in detail yeah that's kind of the one of the things that i I, i'm not really so i'm sort of missing from the game because like dead cells would give you a lot of like detailed stats on yeah the things that you got um whether it was weapons or grenades and that sort of thing whereas this game is kind of just you, you pick it up and you use it and you're like all right how does this work type stuff mm. and you can get screwed over by it because um there, there's occasions where you can't pick up that weapon that you've just dropped again yeah like it's gone 
And so you're just like, all right, well, I didn't really know what this thing does, and it's it's kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm stuck with it. So I guess we're doing that now. Mm. And yet, occasions you just don't know if it's better than the thing you just dropped. Like sometimes, like the colors will be different around it, and you're like, I don't really understand what that means. Um, I just think it does a poor job at sort of explaining what a lot of these weapons and mechanics or like how they work before you actually decide oh, i'm going to use it <laughs> so yeah like you wind up in anyway. these situations where you very much have to almost like write shit down and yeah i don't think i don't think it works in a action packed bullet hell mm. side-scrolling shooter roguelike yeah yeah Anyway, I've still enjoyed it. Um, still enjoyed playing it. I don't know if I'll go back because there's just other stuff that, out at the moment that I'm probably more interested in. But anyway, it's uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass if, if people want to check it out. Um, it's uh, free on that. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, do you want to talk about is Chronicles of Crime? Oh, yeah. You've been playing more? Yeah, I played a bit more of Chronicles of Crime. Trying out one of the, um, one of the user... Well, not user, like the guest host um like created crimes so the mm-hmm. the cool thing about chronicles of crime is you can because it's all based off the app you can download a bunch of extra uh crimes to solve and stuff like that and yeah we downloaded one uh we have some drinks and uh yeah downloaded it played it in a, in a group and uh it's out pretty good like it was an interesting one you could tell that it was definitely written by someone who was less intimately aware of the systems mm-hmm. uh because it was a little less um i guess experimental uh or not experimental yeah, yeah yeah exactly it was a little looser on uh on some of the elements uh and how it interacted with them but uh, it was very cool and i love the idea that you know anyone would be able to do it like anyone might be able to make their own crime. And uh, I think I could make a crime for it. And I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to have a fucking look. I'll at least have a look to see how much fucking work is required. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, if it's like hyper complex, then uh, like if the, the system that they use to create it. I mean, I imagine it's sort of just like a twine type dealio you know one of those like uh simplistic like notepad style apps that allows Mm. you to link documents um yeah hopefully if if it's like that then i'm gonna have a fucking punt at it if it's not if it's yeah goofy then i just won't bother but yeah I i think i'll have a fucking punt like why not i think it's like cool that people are able to do that and yeah Anyway, um, Chronicles of Crime. Yeah, I'm still, I'm yeah, still enjoying um, it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you reminded me. Uh, I played some uh, Detective on the weekend with my wife, mm. um, which is uh, a similar sort of board game where it involves solving crimes. Um, this one in particular uses an online database where you create a user id um and uh you sort of input a bunch of information into your account and you're given uh, a, 
like the end of the case. There's a certain amount of days it takes to go through this case. You've got time. Uh, doing tasks requires a certain amount of time, and each um, each case has like a limit on how many uh, days you need to complete it by. And so when you get to the end of the the case or the days, you put in um, all the information you've got onto this database. It gives you a series of questions, and then you get a score at the end, whether or not you've actually solve the crime and it'll actually tell you as well like hey here's all the things you got wrong in your assessment and here's the things you got right um and off you go and so the last time i talked about this game was we played the second case and we both uh we failed that one yeah we did not solve it so and that was quite a while ago i think it was last year yeah maybe? i think so i feel like it was last year because i wasn't in i wasn't in my house this my actual house at this stage right um and so we jumped in and replayed case two again. Uh, really easy to sort of just pick up and uh, like re- get a quick refresher on the rules. Yeah, it's not one of those games where because we were we were tossing up between that and um, either Marvel Legendary or the Alien vs Predator one. It's called Legendary Encounters. Yep. Um, but I know that every time I've watched the how-to video on Legendary, it's like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ah. Anyway, By the time so you get to the end, into, you're drunk. We've talked. Yeah, we're definitely. Yeah, you're too drunk. <laughs> You've had so many shots. <laughs> so that might be this weekend. We jump into that nice. one if we get some time. Yep. Um, but anyway, Detective, we uh, I sort of just quickly browsed through the rule book and was like, yeah, this is easy to remember. It's not that hard. So, we, yeah, we we started playing, um, and w- w- there's like. A, you basically get a deck of cards and there's a bunch of different locations you can go to in the game. Um, and each time you get a location, it takes time off of your your day. Uh, and then each time that you read a card and you say, all right, I want to do this thing, that takes a certain amount of time. But you don't actually know how much time it's going to take until you actually do the thing. Mm. Um, and so that's when time starts becoming like a resource of you using it. Uh, and there's also like an overtime factor. So a normal work day is from eight to four, something like that, because mm. you're a cop, you get off a bit early. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, if you want to do overtime, you start accumulating these stress tokens for each hour that you go over. And each case has a stress token factor. If you hit that point, the game automatically ends and you answer the questions. And so you've kind of really got to weigh up like when you do, like should you do overtime? Because... Maybe you're not doing as well as what you hoped, and um, uh, yeah, it's just kind of like using that as a as a resource, a resource, a time resource. Hmm. Uh, and so there's a bunch of cards. Some cards can kind of take you down the lo- wrong leads. Like you might think you're going like into this direction, and it just comes to be like it's nothing. Like you you're going down this track that's just not getting you anywhere. But you don't worry about falling into those sorts of traps. Yeah, and uh, this time we had a, like a completely different story to not, not completely different story, but like the first I'd say four and a half days of this six day case that we had were completely different. The first time we played it. Yeah. Uh, just like, cause we kind of remembered oh, yeah. what was going on. We're like, this is not like none of this mm. was anything like we were doing last time. Yeah. And we're like, maybe that's good. Yeah. Maybe that's cause we last time we just completely fucked it up. And this time we're, we're on track. Mm. But then we got to like halfway through day four, sort of like day five. And we're like, we're not learning anything. Like it's sort of taking us down this weird track and we're not really getting anywhere. Um, 
not sure what's going on. And then we get to the last day and we're like, fuck, we've got no time left. And we're not really sh- like, we don't actually know who did this thing. Hmm. We're not close. Well, at least we didn't feel close. And we, we managed to pull like, it just turned, like we slithered in just that last like two cards. We, we started to like tie everything together. Oh, yeah. um, I've got my notepad here for, that I use for writing stuff down in games, but I've also used it for like um, uh, keeping notes down on this game. And we use like, I don't know if you can see it, but like you can't really see it. I can see it. I can't uh, read it. You can't read it. It's, it's like two pages. In this case, is actually three pages of, of written notes that we actually just jotted down. People, We've got like people are listening at home who uh, who obviously aren't watching on YouTube. He, uh, he, yeah. he showed like... Uh, if, if you imagine a notebook, right, and how it opens up like, you know, normal, like a book would, you know, from left to right, hmm. for whatever reason, here's written on it, you spread the fucking pages apart, and then he's written as if you turn it horizontally, like 90 degrees, and then write down it, like some sort of fucking yeah. weirdo. So it's like sideways across the fucking page. It is very odd. Uh, no, no, because we're using both pages and you draw lines. Like I'm drawing lines to link up certain people <laughs> and certain like, um, it, it's basically like a mind map. A mind map. Yeah. All right. All right, Sherlock. So like, so like new people come around, like you, you start uh, like interrogating certain people and then like they've got connections to other, like someone else. Um, and then maybe like this person here is being described as a tall fat man and then later on you find out like you're interviewing someone and they they match that description and so i'm like i'm linking these two people together and putting in here like um you know in one of the cases this this particular case there was a character and then uh two police officers that we found in the database and so i had their names written down and sort of like linked them two together saying that they were involved and that sort of stuff comes back back into it in the story and so that's why i'm like using these two pages i actually ran out of space for that one and we ended up going to a third page um but anyway like we kind of just crammed it in at the end there and we ended up passing that case uh with like nothing to spare like we pretty much thought we were not going to solve this one Hmm. and then right on the like the last two cards we were like this is how we think it's sort of laid out this is kind of what's happened. And then it asks you like a series of questions. And one of the questions will be like, who did it? Like, who do you think has done it? And, you know, multiple choices, like five or six different answers. And then it's like, all right, why did they do it? What were their incentives? Um, what were these connections? And then so we may not have figured out who did it, but there, we had a lot of other information there of like, uh, like things that were involved um, or like... Um, for an example, like murder weapons or, or that sort of stuff. Um, maybe we've gotten certain pieces of it or companies that were involved and it'll ask you questions in line with that. So you're not necessarily going to fail in terms of, um, you know, if you choose the wrong things, uh, you know, you don't have to get a hundred percent of things right, but it helps to have a decent chunk of it. So yeah, we, we squeezed that one in um, and it, it worked out being pretty good. So yeah, it's kind of just interesting looking at that game and being like the first time we played this particular case was we went somewhere completely different Mm. to what we did this time like obviously last time we did it we ended up going we were on like this whole conspiracy theory route about this character and what was going on (laughs) and 
yeah, that was not where we ended up on this time. It was something, something uh, very different. So, yeah, it, you kind of just reminded me when you were talking about this Chronicles of Crime because... Um, yeah, well, we only yeah, just barely fucking game. scraped through on our one as well. Like, literally, uh, we got to a point, like, every now and then, because everything's based on the app in Chronicles, uh, every now and then you get, like, a phone call from the the like the yard that tells you to come like oh hey what are you doing such and such has happened and it sort of adds extra time pressure like basically when certain Hmm. time thresholds are reached and uh yeah we uh we got to the like the yard called up and they're like come back to the yard if you do not tell us who did it in the next half an hour, we'll give you the case to someone else. So basically, this is our hard fail point. So we had to go back to the yard and just answer what we what we had. And uh, we were basically like just sort of shoring up our uh, our case at that point. Like we were 99% sure we had all the facts, but there were a couple of lingering questions, but we just had to go back to the yard and it turned out we had all the right the right stuff. Uh, right answers but yeah um yeah yeah it was pretty good pretty good awesome yep good stuff all right uh you've been playing more rocket arena well no this is rocket arena 3 the original um quake 3 mod yeah so uh i mean this is sort of tied to uh so i put up a review for rocket arena i i, I did like that for um a couple of reasons I'll go into a little bit. But yeah, first of all, yeah, play Quake 3. We played some OSP first. I was playing with Jai uh, last Friday. And uh, yeah, so we played OSP mod first, and then we played some Rocket Arena. And um, I... Yeah, Jai is very good at Rocket Arena. Uh, and, and Jai Quake. is very good at Quake. And Quake, okay. yes. Uh, it is... <laughs> Very confusing to me how none of it translates to any other game I've ever played with him. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. the man is a straight up fucking liability in basically every battle royale we've ever played. Uh, he takes so many sh- so many fucking fights that he just he he can't fucking win. There's no way he'd fucking win them, but he still takes them anyway. And it's so weird. That after four the four hundredth time of taking fights that he can't possibly win, he still he like the four hundredth one the first time will come around and be like, yeah, well I'm gonna take this fight, aren't I? And you're just sitting there in another room being like, why? But why, Jai? Mm. Why would you do that? Why? Um, but no, in Quake, uh, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, we were playing together. It was uh, it was fun. I was I had a quite a bit to drink. He had clearly had quite a bit to drink as well because uh, <laughs> he's in WA. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he lives in WA. And what else are you going to do? But um, yeah, we were just farting around. Uh, he was fucking hammering me. My biggest problem uh, was that I couldn't get. I don't know what it is. I don't like maybe it's been too long or something. I mean. According to Steam, it had been seven years since I'd last fired up Quake 3. Um, but, yeah, maybe it's just been too long or something, but it took fucking ages 
for me to actually get my eye in and like I, I wasn't able to I, I was having a lot of trouble I think Jai is also very good and he was compensating for a lot of uh the stuff that i was doing uh but i couldn't like bounce him from off one rocket into another like i was constantly missing that second follow-up shot that and i i think i'll like i don't know there's there's an air like there's quite a bit of confidence it just reminds like it after a while i was i felt like i was right back in the old mindset of quake mm-hmm. uh and yeah there, there's definitely like confidence plays a large factor, I think, in the Quake games, in those arena shooters in general. Uh, and if things you're used to having happen, I think this is why I always used to tilt a lot when um, when Heath and uh, our other mate Shannon would start ducking. Right in the midst of uh, in the midst of matches, they'd just start <laughs> ducking out of nowhere, like stopping dead and yep. ducking, and. I would tilt because I they should be moving in certain locations and then suddenly everything started missing and you've got to like mentally adjust to what is honestly a fucking ridiculous situation. Um, and we were like, we played OSP and stuff. So like we were playing Rocket Arena. You didn't have every fucking weapon all the time unless you went and fucking got it. Um, and so you weren't able, like I think in Rocket Arena, you were always able to sort of adjust to that shit by simply switching to a weapon that can like doesn't have travel time switch to the fucking railgun right uh if they're gonna fucking stop dead still on you then as soon as you like fire a rocket switch to the lightning gun and fucking pound them right or the railgun like one or the other depending on your range and uh like yeah it's not that big a deal but when you don't have immediate access to every weapon it's a little bit more of a pain in the dick and uh yeah, I was finding a lot of that while I was playing Rocket Arena. Uh, not so much the, you know, the ducking or anything, but more just the mentality of having to have the confidence and having to know that missing a shot isn't, like, everything. Although against Jai, mm. it fucking was a lot of the time. Like, that dude <laughs> is fucking top-notch. And so, yeah, I was, I was struggling, like... Uh, at one point, like towards the end of the play session, we like we were having a conversation. Uh, he was he was saying that I don't move the way he expects he expected, and it was because I was deliberately not. I like I I started forcing myself out of the easier habits uh, and and into situations like uh, he was saying that you know normally people will carry themselves in in a a certain direction uh and i wasn't going that way but that was on purpose like the easy thing the reason people carry themselves uh across to your to your left or in the like in the direction that they're normally going uh sort of you know people maintain that that range when they're playing right uh quake you know uh hmm. i don't know the exact distance but there, there's a there's a range where the rocket does like isn't immediate but it's it's fast enough that it's very hard for a person to use air control to get out of the fucking way so you can make them eat rockets you can get direct hits with rockets pretty easily and what i was doing was instead of staying out of that range sort of like two ships at uh you know in, in naval warfare uh 
staying at a certain range because they've got their their cannon shots eyed in. Uh, instead of staying that range, I would rocket jump towards him and close the distance. And it was throwing off his game because obviously you know it's it's easier if everyone. But I was doing that on purpose. Like I I knew that he was he was beating me. Like he was fucking walloping me. And so I had to do something to change it up. And it actually, like, 100% worked. Uh, I didn't start beating him, uh, but I closed the gap significantly. And, uh, mm. yeah, like, it was interesting how I inevitably, like, eventually, inevitably uh, got back into the, the correct mindset, but also how quickly the older, more toxic elements of that mindset set in. Uh with regards to yeah just fucking i just i never like despite being able to mentally realize what he was trying to get me to do and why he was walloping me and how i could adjust my movements i wasn't able to adjust my aim to overcome the portion where i wasn't able to fucking hit him the way i wanted to i mean yeah right i yeah i absolutely got him uh i killed him a bunch uh he definitely went a bit easy on me early on uh and he was just trying to fucking gauntlet me uh for a little while but after i uh started slapping a little bit he took it a bit more seriously and yeah we, we got to a point where like i would still say that jai uh jai's fucking muscle memory for quake is out of out of control it's almost like he's still hmm. fucking playing it daily or some shit. He's fucking... <laughs> he's secretly playing right? it. Like, he just fucking loads it up every now and then. Uh, it's phenomenal. But, um, yeah, no, we got to a point yeah. where it was, yeah, I think pretty close. He would beat me, I think. Uh, but it was it was good fun. Like, just, it was just old school fun. You know, like, Quake still works, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. When, when I first met Jai, mate, like... 17 18 years ago yeah. like he, he was living in uh basically like a quake three house right yeah <laughs> they would play quake yeah right and he'd play with all the pros back then that you'd see on uh, all the game arena servers mm. um yeah and, and then those guys moved across to soldier fortune well they were kind of still playing soldier fortune and quake at the same like same engine same sort of uh you know we'd sort of go backwards and forwards i wasn't as big into quake as I was Soldier Fortune, like those guys kind of brought me in a little bit, but yeah. um, it definitely wasn't on their level. Like those guys were just, that's what they would play. Mm. They just, like they'd be in their house, they'd play Rocket Arena, they'd rotate in and out just all day, stay up all night. Like that was what they did. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Like a proper like old school, uh, early 2000s like gaming house. It was it was nuts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was basically what I lived in in brisbane as well but i always got the feeling that there were portions of the country that um were significantly better at quake than we were in queensland but i was definitely i yeah i live with as far as i can tell based on the servers one of the best quake mm. players in australia and he was f phenomenal he was crazy crazy good anyway it's just weird that Jai, none of those skills translated to playing any other fucking game <laughs> yeah it's, it's completely ridiculous um anyway it was good fun but uh that does bring me to uh yeah i wrote a review for rocket arena and chucked it up mm -hmm. on the site because uh, i took the opportunity to you know record a little rocket arena footage uh, and i chucked it in my yeah. video review 
of uh, Rocket Arena 3 footage and chucked in my video review for EA's Rocket Arena. And uh, I made this review sort of uh, because I wanted to sort of examine, like I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, uh, we had a question from Johnny Bravo, uh, like about uh, the nature of game reviews and whether or not, you know, the, the concept needed to shift uh, and mm-hmm. why people trusted, I guess, in, independent content creators more than the big uh, game review sites, the publishers. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I think I've just been dwelling on the concept a little bit uh, over time. And I just wanted to basically use a, uh, a review opportunity um, that I, I guess, you know, I didn't think was uh, that big a deal um, to sort of explore the nuts and bolts of it, you know, and I yeah. crunched the numbers. Uh, so what I did was I played Rocket Arena for six hours. I played it for three in um, pre-release, uh, and then I played it for three post-release, uh, which was exceptionally difficult uh, because there I did not get a single fucking. I stopped getting uh, US games, but I still never got an, a single OCE game. I was the best best ping I was playing was one fifty. Um, every time I played on a CA server, like I think 150 is almost is is pretty playable for Rocket Arena. I don't know if they've mm-hmm. patched in some sort of uh, lag compensation or they ratcheted it up or it just wasn't working pre-release or what. But uh, it it didn't feel that bad, and everything I everything I talked about re- with regards to the game being. Um, like rough on newcomers definitely panned out like i walloped cunts i was still walloping cunts it was ludicrous i mean i know the good fucking i know the the good heroes they're definitely overpowered heroes uh at play um but yeah I, i was straight up fucking belting cunts and it was disgusting um so that still plays out. That played out over the course of the three hours. Uh, I didn't really... Nothing I uh, I saw really altered my perspective on the game um, in the, the following three hours. I didn't see anything that was like, oh, yeah, okay. That, well, okay. I've got to change that in the review. Um, I didn't want to... I didn't want to dwell on the ping situation uh, in... Like outside of the way, like in the review itself, I I talk about how multiplayer games hinge on the presence of a community. Uh, I didn't want to dwell on the fact that uh, the absence of a community in Australia means that the game plays like absolute garbage uh, or at least significantly worse than it would if there was anyone playing in an OCE. Um, I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to point that out specifically because it always feels a little bit too narrow in scope uh so i wanted to keep it broad uh even though obviously i think the you know writing for the gap is an australian uh like readership primarily i'm writing for an australian readership um i wanted to keep it broader than that just in general um mm-hmm. and yeah so i played for six hours took me about two hours to write the review uh it took me about 
and I took notes. Five hours to edit the video together, uh, including recording the voiceover um, and putting it into the video. I didn't really do a lot of editing work on the audio itself. Um, I did, obviously, I clipped out, uh, I did a number of takes of each line and I clipped out the good takes. Uh, some of those takes right. are still not great. I don't know if, if you've listened to the review, but I I don't think it's like world-class a world-class video review or anything. Um, it was mostly just uh, an example, and I ran out of time before I was going away. So <laughs> uh, I had to fucking pull the trigger on, you know, you got dead, everyone's got deadlines, you got to fucking hit deadlines. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's not the best review I've ever done, but uh, it is, I think, it, you know, in terms of the content, in terms of the insight, I think it is phenomenal. In terms of the closing line, uh, I think it is one of the greatest of all time. Uh, I don't think anyone has ever made a reference to the Challenger Space Shuttle disaster in a game review because it is this despicable and horrible thing to do, <laughs> but uh, I did it because uh, that's what I'm like. And um, yeah, uh, so yeah, five hours to edit the video and then uh, one hour to get it up on the site um early monday morning because just i don't know it was fucking annoying it was very annoying getting it up on youtube and on the site at the same time um just not everything was aligning correctly uh Hmm. so we wind up with uh about 14 hours uh and right so if i were to get paid the regular rates for a review in Australia, that would be two hundred and fifty dollars. That would be seventeen dollars an hour, which is yeah. uh, minimum wage. Still more. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but uh, is about minimum wage, uh, and uh, yeah, and then you take into account the fact that I am obviously the greatest game reviewer in the world. But uh, even outside of my own hubris, uh, you take into account the fact that I'm a game reviewer with thirteen years of experience. Uh, and a lot of high-profile uh, bylines, uh, mm-hmm. then, then, it, yeah, you you factor that in. That is, I think, at some level, expertise uh, that is beyond mm-hmm. minimum wage. Uh, but so so, what 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 would that be? I don't know, fucking five hundred bucks. So thirty four dollars an hour. Uh, that's, I guess, not terrible. Uh, but if you then take into account the fact that six hours is a small amount of time to spend playing a game, uh, if you take into account how long I spent playing The Last of Us, which was nearly five times that, and then you start to see we've got a situation where the economy gradually gets worse and worse the longer the game is. And I think all like what, what I wanted to do, why I did this particular game and why I wanted to do a game review and break it down by numbers is to sort of uh, demonstrate the, the, I don't know, the challenge involved uh, for like, 
I don't want to make excuses for anyone at all in this equation. I obviously think I should be paid as much as fucking LeBron James to do this shit. But at the same time, I would literally and have literally in this specific instance done it for free. So like there's, there is like a, a quirk there. There's like a, a trick of economics that you can't really uh, escape uh, if, you know, where where the value exists. You know, does the value, is there value in getting a Job Gilroy review over a review from anyone else? I obviously would argue yes, but would others? I don't know. That's where I think the the, the concept, the, the conversation behind the individual content creator comes in. Because I've argued for fucking, we've argued for fucking years that what you should do when approaching a review is find a reviewer who talks to the things that you want to know about, right? Uh, talks and, and shares opinions in an interesting way, uh so that you can get as robust an idea as possible. Uh, and so that might not mean, that doesn't mean reading IGN's reviews or GameSpot's reviews. That means reading somebody's reviews. And that somebody isn't always going to be in the same place. A lot of the time they are. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I I really like reading whenever he fucking writes one, which is very rare, but he wrote Ghost of Tsushima uh, for GameSpot, Ed. Uh from uh, GameSpot, I, I love his reviews. I always think he has a really good fucking balance between um, like insight and uh, a little bit of humor. Like I don't think too much, yeah. but uh, I'd I prefer him to be. I think he's a funny guy in real life, so I'd prefer him to be a bit funnier. But I know what GameSpot's editing process is like, and they generally try to shy away from that stuff. So I can understand it. I can see why he tries to inject it where he can. And I think he did a really good job with Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I read um, Klebo's review of Ghost of Tsushima as well uh, using Google Translate. <laughs> oh, okay. From uh, Norwegian, I think. Did he get a fucking hilarious? Did he get a review copy? We're going to be starving, being like, just give us anything, scraps, whatever. Because he wrote it for a Norwegian site. Uh, um, yeah, that's, I think maybe that's our problem. We need to learn a second language. That's what it is. We need that's that's where the money is. Um, but uh, no, I think like I've got no way of telling. But uh, it was a very flowery review, as told by Google Translate. Um, do you think uh, we should ask him? Do you think he writes it in English first and then translates it, <laughs> or do you think he writes it? If I ever finish Ghost of Tsushima, I really want to write it in English, translate it to Japanese, and then translate it back to the English again and publish it. I very much want to do it. I, I think it would be very entertaining. Much I want to do like. Stupid reviews. I want to do not, you know, like out there reviews. I want to do our carrion review where both of us write it and then we mash it up somehow. Like it's like a carrion beast. I want us both to write a carrion and then we'll publish. And the gap can just be a site for reviews that would never be published anywhere else. Like my, yeah, 
you know, my uh, Last of Us. My my well, yeah, definitely my Last of Us uh, or my Rocket Arena one. You know, they def- they would have said you can't have that last line about the Challenger Space Shuttle disaster, and I'd be like, well, then you can't have my review, and then I would have scrapped the whole fucking thing. Uh, but the Gap will have it, uh, and also that nobody's gonna have a review of Rocket Arena because nobody gives a fuck. Um, but yeah, like we'll do Carry and Mash review. We'll do like a Japanese translated Ghost of Tsushima review. Genius, genius stuff. Um, no, the the you know the broader point I was making is the reason people go to content creators is because if you go to us, if you go to a skill up review, you get skill ups opinions every single time, and I don't necessarily agree with uh, skill up in a lot of cases. Uh, he was um, calling for Philip Muchin to get a second chance earlier this week. Uh, Philip Muchin hmm. is the notorious plagiarist uh, who plagiarized his reviews for any uh, for IGN and he tried to make a comeback and then he started fucking shitting on people and getting fucking shirty when people told him to fuck off fuck that cunt fuck him forever fuck every plagiarist fuck that shit fuck plagiarism um holy shit fuck that uh anyway uh but yeah you got skill up you got like there there are lots of these people, like, I, I don't agree with the idea of using Donkey as your, I don't know, primary fucking criticism source, much as I wouldn't agree with using zero punctuation as your primary source hmm. of fucking games criticism. But it doesn't mean that they don't have insight. And if, they, if they're delivering games criticism in a way uh, that you find entertaining, then you should actually act, absolutely, like, go to them. Every single... You should get every fucking review to them. I'm just saying, you know... You've got to be able to grab the fucking insight out from the entertainment because they are constructing things to be entertaining first. It's it's like uh, it's like when you know that fucking phenomenon a little while ago where people were like, oh yeah, I only get my news from the Daily Show, and you're like, you know that's a comedy show, right? It's like really- holy shit, <laughs> 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 what are you doing? <laughs> like there's definitely insight you can get news from it, but it's entertainment first and foremost, you fucking lunatic. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. The, the, I guess the, the broader point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, if I were on fucking, if I were on uh, YouTube, if I were a YouTube creator, I would need 500,000 review uh, views of, of that Rocket Arena. Uh, like, the, the basic CPM for YouTube is uh, a dollar per thousand right mm-hmm. uh so you need 500 times it to get 500 bucks and that's basically the the function how youtube works obviously uh the bigger you are the better the cpm you can put together and uh you can you know you get in all sorts of partnership deals to get better money and all that kind of shit but uh yeah by and large if you're yeah the basic uh economics of youtube is one dollar cpm and that's it right like yeah if you want 500 bucks and if i want if i would want 500 dollars for that rocket arena review um it was i think 600 words it was about half 50 percent longer than the average game review uh and yeah i think you know i think i went into uh, a good deal of depth the the question then comes about right what 
did I go far enough? Did I do enough, right? Uh, did did that fulfill what people would want out of a review? I it's a yeah. I think I think it did, but not necessarily. People complain, you know. People talk about how you know uh, people do like these these content creators do reviews that are like forty minutes long. All right. Hmm. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, but that is. I don't know, uh, five times as long as what I did. Yeah. So then, I mean, it doesn't directly translate, but you could say about if, if I don't know, half an hour of what I did was recording the VO, then, uh, yeah, you can blow that out an extra two and a half hours on top of what I did, 14 and so 16 and a half hours, and then... Obviously, uh, the writing portion doesn't directly translate, but let's say add an extra hour per um, bulk amount of words. So, uh, yeah, blow that out an extra five. And you wind up, like, even on a six-hour-long game, you wind up at 21 hours for a single video uh so to get your five hundred dollars yeah. right at that point you would need yeah you'd need what half again so you would need quick maths about eight hundred thousand views just to and that that is me being hyper generous uh with my time estimates uh to blow out the the same review to 40 minutes um because i mean yeah you'd still need that amount of fucking quality video and stuff uh yeah like it just there there's that scale there the the idea that i liked the suggestion that i liked and i don't know like the the feasibility would be more uh it would be tricky because I don't know that everyone would necessarily want to go in for it. Uh, you know, I don't know if everyone wants to tack on an extra hour after they've already played and finished a game review. But the idea I liked was you publish the review and then you get online on Twitch and play the game for an hour and people can jump in and ask you questions. And ask a, mm-hmm. I ask a game reviewer questions. I, I actually think there's quite a bit to that idea. I think what I would probably do is schedule it like at a specific time. So, you know, every Friday at 12, I'm going to publish a review, uh, publish my, like, you know, the Job review for the week and mm. the game. Like, so the review will be up at 12 and then I will jump on Twitch at 12 and answer any questions and I'll play the game either for a, an hour or if I actually like the game, maybe a bit longer. But yeah, and you can jump in and ask any questions about the game because the the question, like the, the thing I was toying with was the idea of live streaming, writing a review, but nobody fucking wants to see that. No, nobody, I don't want anyone to see me do that. Uh, and also, you're sort of tied to reviews that are not under embargo as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, or, yeah, or there's some, like, fudging going on in the background there where you're, like, writing stuff while you're not under embargo. Then you sort of, like, 
melded in mm. when the embargo lifts or some shit. But no, uh, yeah, absolutely, you are tied to non-embargoed stuff. And also, yeah, nobody wants to see how the fucking the cheese is made. Uh-huh. No, it's not exciting. <laughs> no. Cheese is probably <laughs> exciting to be made. Cheese is way that. more exciting than watching <laughs> or, yeah, me like be all like, fuck yeah, I'm going to make fun of people who died in a fucking rocket crash. That's going to be good. And then I have a fucking quick cheeky pull and like over how smart I am and jump on a podcast and wank myself off some more. No, um, anyway, I, I, I like the streaming idea uh, as, a, as a value mm. add. But um, outside of that, yeah, it's I, I think it's just a bit tricky um, at the end of the day, like yeah. the, the function of it. Uh, on a, in a broader sense but yeah I just wanted to like I wanted to do all of that as a sort of uh, exercise to examine the the nuts and bolts of a review just to explore that question a little bit further so I thought it was an interesting question uh, but that said yeah I'm, yeah, I'm right. actually gonna fucking I'm gonna dive into the idea of the the stream and question thing I don't, I don't know how many mm. questions there would be or whatever but I think it's a good idea I might yeah look into it yeah uh, and obviously I'll, I'll cool yeah yeah I, I checked out the review that went, went live the other day um, yeah yeah it was really good like a lot of good insight into stuff we sort of talked about yeah in relation to um, like the audience they're going for yeah like who is this game really for and, and it's really um, <clears throat> like you just look at that game now so, sorry, we're talking about Rocket Arena now. Rocket Arena, um, yeah. You look at Rocket Arena now and where it is, like, Steam users, I think when you first posted about it, it was at, like, 630-something. Uh, th- that is the biggest gaming platform in the uh, in the world, like Steam. Yeah. <laughs> and its uh, its peak was shy of 700 people. Yeah. And a week after launch, it's somewhere around about, I think when I checked last night or today, it was about 200. It was sub 200. So yeah. a game is not, um, it is not doing well for a $40 game that also has microtransactions and a very steep, uh, I don't know if it's a steep learning curve, but it's a, it's a wide, maybe it's a, it's a wide learning curve. Mm. There's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's um, got a very high skill floor, uh, at the very least, you know, like the, the base level of entry of knowing what the fuck you're supposed to do. It actually dropped right. to zero players. Uh, it must have been an update or some shit at one point, but it's, it's uh, weird. Probably yesterday. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tuesday? Was it yesterday? Tuesday Steam update day. Yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah. But it's, it's weird that like the chart's low enough that you can see that sort of dip very, very keenly. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's dead on arrival. Like, that game is um, donezo. But, uh, so I've been... Um, I also spoke about this last week. I was going to write a review for Carry On. Oh, yeah. And uh, I did. Um, it's not long. I wouldn't even call it much of a critical analysis. It's very, very basic in terms of its... Like, what it is there for. Right. Um, but I thought I'd just toy with the idea to, to make a video. I haven't even started any of that stuff i forgot that the embargo was tonight <laughs> well <laughs> at least i think it's tomorrow um yep uh it's 
it's it's like late at, on, in Australia, I think, something like that. Yeah, late at today. Um, and so I, point, I so. thought I had an extra day, but right. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of stuffed that part up a bit. But it's written, it's about 700 words at this stage. Um, it's not a deep dive into like the mechanics and that sort of stuff. It's very basic in terms of a structured review. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to chuck some gameplay video up behind it. Yeah. I'll record some audio cool. and I'll put it up and see what happens. Um, yeah. And if people want to check it out, they can check it out, but it's, a, it's, it's not a, um, yeah, it's not a, like a, a the, the 40 minute thing you were talking about mm. because it's not a long game. Right. I don't know. No. We'll probably talk about carry on now. Yeah, let's go want, straight into but it. That was the, the kind of my mentality behind it. Of, do I do a deep dive into this game or do I just do a fucking, five minute fucking slam dunk where i'm just like here's what it is here's things it does here's some of the things i think you like and don't like huh. and i'm out <laughs> see you later um like it's not a 50 minute video yeah by any stretch i think you could do that sort of stuff like we could easily we've done podcasts we sit here and talk about a game for three hours or yeah that, that stuff's simple yeah but for a three hour game i don't know if i could um, three hour might be uh a little um <laughs> Uh, uncharitable because uh, it took yeah it'd be like us talking over the top of Star Wars and giving our review yeah um, like we could do that yeah easy um, anyway but yeah Karen, Uh yeah I um, I finished it a little bit after you did uh, I really liked it I I, I guess yeah um, it is short it's certainly short uh, but I think it's like it does everything it needs to, you know, like I don't, doesn't overstay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I actually genuinely, th- I, I think I could stand for it to be longer, but yeah, it, it could absolutely overstay. It's welcome. I mean, you know, I, I spent, uh, I went a hundred percent of it, uh, just almost by accident. I got a bit lost right at the end. I forgot. You get this, like, there's this thing, right? Carrion is a game where you're a monster. It's reverse horror. Uh, you would have listened to our interview with uh, Christoph Chimiki. Uh, um, uh, am I saying that correctly? Christoph. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's Christoph. Christoph Chimiki. <laughs> I think, yeah, Chimiki. Uh, last week, uh, the game and level designer. Um, that was right at the end. Uh, it was a really good discussion. He was awesome. Um, we split that out if, if you didn't listen. I don't know if you put it before the credits or after the credits, but uh, or the outro. It's at the end of the podcast of last week's. Um, yep. And on the video side, you created a separate video yeah. and put some gameplay over top of it. Oh, from so a demo. It's so. on YouTube and the podcast. Yeah, so you can check that out uh, if you like. Um, yeah, he was he was fantastic person to chat with. Uh, the game itself, um, yeah, it does this. Yeah, you're, you... If breadcrumbs you, I think it, it's pitched as a Metroidvania, like a uh, you know in the in the classic sense, the Symphony of the Night sense, uh, where you are mentally noting uh, like, uh, like like areas you can't get. Into, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, closed off gates. Like, how am I supposed to get past there? Okay. Right, fair enough. I'll put that away for you, later. You kind of keep seeing it. Like, yeah. oh, maybe I need the grappling hook. Um, exactly. To get to that. Yeah. And you like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll come back when I've got double or triple jump or some shit. And uh, yeah, 
that's that's very much what's happening in Carrion, except that uh, it is a very carefully constructed game. Uh, there's an element, like obviously, uh, you know, Symphony of the Night in particular, and Metroid actually. Um, the, these are games. This is far more Metroid than it is Castlevania. If if I were to grab that the Metroidvania concept at its core is far more Metroid because Metroid is a game is a puzzle game uh, where the puzzles are solved by exploration, whereas Castlevania is a uh, uh, an exploration game with some puzzles in it. You know where mm-hmm. where the exploration is served by the puzzles. Like though that's I guess why those two words are clash together um, because there is an area there's like a broad spectrum of games that sit somewhere between these two things and this one is far more Metroid than it is Castlevania but nevertheless uh, yeah it's, it's quite linear and because the the puzzles linear isn't necessarily a bad thing you know it doesn't feel like you're going in one direction ever. Because of the way it's constructed, you know the the beautiful way the fucking carrion monster or the perfect organism uh, moves. Uh, because of that, it never feels like you're like you're you're able to go fucking anywhere you want. Basically, like your tentacles spread out, you go where the fuck you want, and the only thing that stops you is yeah, are these blockades, these uh, these hurdles that you need to overcome somehow. Uh, and yeah, there's there's quite a bit of um, puzzle solving in the process of remembering and uh, utilizing your skills to overcome come those things. But it is ultimately quite linear. It's not a game that is uh, hiding things all that much. Uh, like some of the, to hundred percent the game, there is an element of uh, quite a a large degree of backtracking, but um, yeah. uh, there's quite a, a decent amount of, um, I guess, switched-based, uh, like, gated puzzle solving, uh, like, lateral thinking required, uh, but that's for 100%ing. To, base, to solve the game on a basic level, all you need to do is remember your abilities and how they interact with the environment, which is specifically what I forgot right at the end. Like... I was, I was, I'm not fucking lying, a room away from finishing the game. And then I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? Uh, maybe I, I'll go back. I'll go back. And then I went and unlocked. Or maybe I can't do it until I unlock all the abilities. And so I went and unlocked literally everything, technically 100%ing the game. And then I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. Went back and then press the single button i'm like oh my god i'm such a fucking clown uh yeah but yeah anyway i I think that's the biggest downfall of the game is it doesn't have a map oh um and i think we talked about did we ask him last week yeah we did i think it was a case of them not having the resources or something like that yeah to, to do it all right um i think they didn't want to have a map because it would lay bare the nature of the game a little bit too um mm. openly you know like it'd be a little too odd there needs you know there needs the mystery needs to exist and i think it would be far too obvious some of the things uh required 
uh, of you in the game and required from the game um, uh, need the mystery to exist or else it is uh, maybe too simplistic. Uh, it's too, ob- like, yeah, too, too apparent mm-hmm. what you need to do next. And because it is a reverse horror game and because horror lurks in the unknown, I think they couldn't have a map. So I don't know if it was a resource. I mean, obviously it is an exceptionally small team uh, that worked on it, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that resources were necessarily, I think if resources were the, the problem, it was more the desire to assign resources to it, to make it work in a way that wouldn't ruin the, the rest of the game. You know, like uh i don't know there's you don't have a map in dark souls right uh and i don't think you need one necessarily you've got a list of places you can go and there is a sort of list of places it's by no means as large as dark souls but there is a sort of list of locations in uh in carrion that does explain to you what is required or what you need what you've got left to do and what's stuff. left yeah uh which i think that was the bit that was a little bit too confusing for me was that i like there's a sign above it and you're like is that where i'm going or is that where i am right now uh, and i mean occasionally you could kind of you get to a point where you can kind of tell like where you are and like the label above it but you can i just don't think it tells you um or, or it gives you that information that's quite as easy to di- digest. Like at one stage, I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or if I'm supposed to go through the door and that's where I'm supposed to go. Or- like, as you were saying, my I, I think that'd be my biggest criticism as well. In their attempts to obfuscate the, uh, the nature of the breadth of the game, they, uh, hmm. I think... Uh, some cl- uh, a fair amount of clarity is sacrificed at the altar uh, at, at that altar and um yeah I, I think the game is ultimately worse for it but uh yeah. not to the extent that it is overall detrimental uh, in a way that takes too much away from it it's just confusing it's just a little bit frustrating yeah. like a tiny bit frustrating where you're like oh what the fuck because at the very end of the game, mm. um, you need a thing to get through a door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I won't spoil it, but anyway, you, I, uh, I didn't know how to get through that door, and I must have stumbled upon the thing that I needed to get through it. Mm. I was just like, oh, okay, this is where it is. But it's not like I worked my way there. I was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, maybe I've got to go backtrack, and I just started exploring all the places I've been to mm. and somehow I ended up to the in the room that I was supposed to be in. I was like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Like, it just didn't feel satisfying. I just yeah. kind of walked into the room. Well, the alternative is that I did exactly the same thing, except I must have missed that room. And so I went literally everywhere and backtracked yeah. and got everything. And so by process of elimination, the only thing fucking left for me was that room. Uh, and hmm. I didn't find that necessarily satisfying either. Like that's that's the <laughs> yeah. thing, right? Like, yeah, at at some point, um, the 
obscuring techniques required to make the bulk of the game work uh, hinder mm. that last chunk. And I think that it robs from the end of the game a touch. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've both had the exact same experience. We haven't talked about it since now. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, that was the one part where I was like, I'm feeling a little bit lost here. Like, mm. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the game, I think, fucking absolutely works. I mean, it is... Yeah. I mean, it sets out to be a reverse horror game and you play it uh, and you feel monstrous. Like, you feel fucking properly monstrous. It does such a good mm. job. And it does a really good job of, uh, like, slowly giving you new abilities... But it does, like, you never feel like you're going to, except right at the end, obviously, when there are no more abilities to get. Uh, you never feel like you're taking too long to get something new and wonderful and awful and spectacular. Yeah. And it does, yeah. And the fucking, the way you grow and grow and grow. Uh, and, like, I didn't... And the movement definitely changes, right? Oh, 100%. Because you, you start off as a little blob. Yeah. And uh, I touched on this when we talked to him last week, but you also, because um, the, the two, when we played at the previews, I think we saw the two phases. Uh, the first two, like, evolutions. I think I've called them evolutions in my review. I don't know what else to call them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, you start growing in size, and that kind of changes the way you behave. Sorry, you manipulate the environment, because now you're sort of like a, you're, in one stage, you're a blob, but then you get to the point where you're, like, sort of like a worm, and you can move left, but when you move right as well, it's not like this is the head. Mm. It all of a sudden becomes like there's two heads on the thing. Yeah. And it's really weird to interact with stuff. And I think that's really fascinating. Like um, each time you grow or decrease in size, the movement changes a lot, right? It's really quick and easy to move around when you're small. Yeah. But as you get bigger, it's a little bit slower. Um, you you move a little bit differently. Like it's a little bit more sluggish, but you're also this giant, like powerful thing that's got a bunch of just ridiculous abilities. Like, yeah. Hey, it's really fascinating how they've changed the movement based on how big you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like initially it annoyed me and then it sort of dawned on me how like much it made sense. Uh, sluggish mm. is such a good word for it because I thought you moved like a big old slug. Uh, and yeah. it's almost like a literal interpretation of the concept. Uh, and I think it's, yeah, it does a really good uh, job of like making you feel uh, more powerful and less nimble as a result, like a lack of dexterity. The idea that, you know, uh, because, you know, you're not... I think if you were stuck at that evolutionary size, uh, hmm. I think it would be a bad thing. But because you can, like, deposit mass in places, it winds up... It's a puzzle element, yeah. And and it feels like you can choose. You can choose to be hyper nimble and quick, or you can choose to be this giant hulking mass it's not like you're the blob unable or you know uh as as christoph was saying last week you know katamari damacy where you know you are unable to stop becoming larger uh it is a conscious decision that you make between being yeah small and dexterous or 
large and hulking and yeah you you get to Mm. decide and i think it's really fucking cool the way it fucking does that um and yeah it executes that concept and it and it yeah it gives you a a genuine sense of progression uh that is divorced from uh numbers and you know uh levels and stuff like that you know it it just yeah you are big you are but also like it uh you, you get to a point where this this big hulking mass, as you said, and you're extremely overpowered, and then all of a sudden, like it'll gate you to a point where you need to be a certain size to get through this thing. Yeah. And so, all of a sudden, I think I've described it as like a, a challenge chamber mm-hmm. where you get thrown into this room and you're small, and you've got to try and solve the puzzle. Like, how do I get through this? And all of a sudden, you start eating things and getting bigger and bigger, and and like that's the way it kind of makes you go from this giant overpowered thing to, all right, we're going to cut you down to size and then see if you can solve this problem that we throw you into. Yeah. And I think it does it pretty well. And it does a, a couple of times. I don't know if this is the, uh, like the, the little upgrades that you get, which are mostly useless, but yeah, I wound up getting them all anyway. Um, a, a couple of times you need to be big and you need to shave off size by taking damage, which I think is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, and you need to then replenish that size later. And it's not like you can just deposit your biomass and replenish uh, easily. You need to lose the biomass by being shot and then replenish. Or you need to yeah lose a certain amount of biomass. You need to drop from three to two. And it's very easy to drop from three to one without even fucking noticing it. Uh, in a couple of these rooms, uh, you just get fucking ripped up, especially if there's fucking flamethrowers. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think if I miss anything, uh, because it's so carefully constructed, each puzzle is so carefully constructed, uh, there's, there's room for you to solve, uh, each puzzle in different ways, but it's sort of like, uh, Instead of going from A to F, uh, and you can use B or C or D or E Mm. to get there, it's more like you're going from A to C, and you can use B1 or B2 or B3 or B4. And, like, so they're all minor variations on the same solve. And I feel like it's a game where... Uh, it, it might have like benefited significantly from a couple of rooms where there wasn't really a puzzle to solve outside of expressing yourself as the monster. Mm-hmm. Like uh, some giant rooms where all there was to do was kill shit. And so maybe in the first one... Uh, you know, you've just gotten the ability to like web shit up against a wall or something. Um, and it would be about sort of getting through webbing the correct enemies and like how you wanted to go about webbing those enemies and like ripping them to bits. And like, you know, the, the dudes who you can't eat necessarily, you sort of just chew on them. 
and then throw their body away. Are they robots or androids or something? I'm not sure. Anyway, the dudes with machine guns. And then the second level, you'd have like the, you've got your new ability. You can like shoot stuff. Um, like a web. That's the first, that, that's like small evolution. You got a web on your RT, oh, okay. uh, R1. And then second evolution, you shoot, do you shoot spikes or is that the one where you, no, you power, power, power blast. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can use power blast to attack people or maybe like, uh, infest someone with your tentacle or whatever. And then the third one, it'd just be like fucking robots, those mech things, guns, and you sort of like, it, it would sort of just like give you the opportunity to express yourself through combat as opposed to through puzzles. I feel like it is a game where you express yourself entirely through puzzles, uh, express your mm-hmm. capacity and understanding of the monster through those puzzles as opposed to through the combat itself. And yeah, I feel like that's maybe one thing that it's missing, you know, like, yeah, that ability that a couple of those rooms would be really interesting uh, just to show the the sheer power of the monster. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I definitely went through and opted to leave uh, a couple of people alive here and there, like I was saying in the interview. Um, a little dude, Dan, who uh, just didn't have to die. He just had to sit in a room surrounded by fucking the corpses and entrails of his friends. Uh, mm. Cool guy, Dan. Uh, didn't go pick up a gun, even though he might have. He could have. He knew better. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just a cool opportunity to express being a fucking monster um yeah i think it did it really well yeah uh like like you were saying yeah i think you said it took you four hours right um three yeah three and a half four hours somewhere around there i think i would have finished in four hours if i hadn't had a fucking brain fart and stopped understanding how one specific fucking power worked uh which i let like literally one room away from finishing the fucking game and then i went and backtracked uh trying to find an ability to get through it even though i had the ability the entire time uh because you couldn't get to that room without the ability so fucking dumb anyway uh so it wound up taking me six hours to 100 percent it i don't think like maybe two more hours and i would have been done with it like maybe that would be that would like two more hours actually i think would be overstaying its welcome um at like at the breadth that the game is mm-hmm. i just don't think it could hold my interest for that much longer uh because yeah it is so carefully tightly constructed i think yeah maybe some of these like experimental combat rooms uh would artificially lengthen the time a little bit uh maybe yeah half an hour an hour and that would that would take it up to seven to a hundred percent it and i'd be fucking fully fucking good at that and that would be it for me you know like i just don't to use one of the uh, <coughs> terrifying food analogies that everyone loves um yeah it's basically it's a it's a dessert you know like uh yes i could probably eat more chocolate mousse 
but I uh, I think there is a point of diminishing returns with chocolate mousse where my lactose intolerance comes back to haunt me. And uh, while what comes out of me does look like chocolate mousse, uh, it is very much not chocolate mousse anymore. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Three and a half, yeah. The f yeah, it definitely would have taken me four hours, I think, flat. Uh, but yeah, it's worth 100%ing. Some of the best puzzles are in those those uh, areas where you're trying to find the extra things, uh, the extra unlocks. Uh, I, yeah. I, I felt some of those were easily the best puzzles in the game. It didn't help that, yeah, it was mildly confusing navigating to each of those areas because you got to go to each different area to find the fucking uh, mutation. But nevertheless... Uh, yeah. Oh, fucking the music, man. Holy shit. Soundtrack's amazing. That is <laughs> flat out one of the best soundtracks for any game. Holy shit. Like, they clearly just... Uh, who did the soundtrack Listen again? to Predator? Right? The <laughs> Predator like, and the thing, and you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, do it. Holy shit. Yes, please. God damn. Uh, yeah, who did the fucking soundtrack? They are fucking genius. They had the best job in the world, mm. which was to watch uh, Chris Velasco. That's uh, Mass Effect and stuff. Um, yeah, they clearly, yeah. Go watch Predator, The Thing, and Alien. And uh, then go watch all three of them again. And then make some music. And they fucking killed it, man. It's so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Soundtrack's awesome. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Uh, I actually, I, yeah, I don't really get soundtracks all that much, but I, I actually want, like, uh, I've got me and Nate have a writing music playlist, which is, I think, 400 songs Hans long. Zimmer. And, uh, what? <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. It's a lot of Hans Zimmer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's all instrumental tracks and, um, yeah, I would, I will add this entire soundtrack to that fucking playlist. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, cool. All right. Any other thoughts? Should we move on? No, I don't have more thoughts. Um, All right. Yeah. It's, it's very good. A few minor things in there that I, that I, I wasn't a fan of, but otherwise it's a, it's a very good um, horror, horror game that we don't really see from. Horror. Like... I went through this in my my uh, review. I, I tried to think of stuff that sort of puts you in this um, like power fantasy horror game, and and I think it was Alien versus Predator was like the last one that I can think of yeah. that that did that. We, we like there's been touches of it with um, like the Infamous games where you can play as a good guy or a bad guy, but like playing like a pure like, well, I mean, I guess. So. Are you really the bad guy in this game? Prototype, sure, but which one? Prototype. Remember prototype? Yeah, you were sort of. I guess uh, so. Arguably, definitely, arguably the bad guy. That was basically a Venom video game. Venom game. And there was a yeah, but we, like we don't. There was a, we don't see him in AAA games anymore. Like mainstream games, you just even horror games are starting to disappear completely. There was a fucking game set in a prison. A while ago it was a third person game fucking set in a prison horror game 
game in prison. This is gonna fucking kill me until I work it out. So I gotta fucking work it out. It's, it's not really the suffering. <laughs> the suffering, okay. yeah, it was sort of along the same lines. Those are probably the only times, the only only games set where you're okay, definitely the bad the game. Yeah. yeah, bad guy runners. Uh, yeah, I'm talking like the last. Oh, this has definitely been a while ago. But Alien vs Predator was fucking longer than fucking the suffering, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, it was 1999 from my research. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Fucking. And Alien vs. Predator 2 was 2001. So Suffering was 2004. Prototype was what? 2009? 10? Yeah. Prototype video well, yeah, game. It's just not something we really see Nine, at yeah. all anymore. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's really strange. No. A- apart from the asymmetrical um, multiplayer games. Yeah, exactly. Is, like your Dead by Daylights and what they've done um, by putting you in this, uh, like the villain role, right? Of you get to be the bad guy. Yeah. And you get to chase down, um, you know, however many people there are in the, the same uh, environment as you. Yeah. It, it, you don't see single player um Games doing that anymore, which is oh, here's an idea. Yeah, carrying Dead by Daylight crossover. What do you reckon? Carrying monster mm. in Dead by Daylight. It's genius, and you can have right. and then and the new survivor is Dan, the guy okay. I let live. <laughs> just didn't yeah. kill him, and his power. What's his special move? His special power is uh. Uh, he doesn't have any skill checks because he's a scientist. He doesn't need his, like he, okay. he never fucks up on a generator. There's no no way that he fucks up on a generator because he's a mad scientist. Yeah, that's my idea. All right, cool, cool. Anyway, Karen, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's on Xbox uh, Game Pass. Um, yep. So if you've got Game Pass, one hundred percent, definitely play this. Um, it's definitely worth playing. Uh, otherwise, it's on Steam, um, Switch. There's going to be a physical copy on Switch. I don't know. Christoph lifted all the places, and he said that everyone has to buy them on all of those platforms, right? Uh, probably except PlayStation. It's not on PlayStation. Uh, it's not yet. on PlayStation. Yeah, yet. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Um, I also I played it with the controller. Oh, um, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also jumped in quickly to check it out on mouse. It seems to play differently on mouse like maybe better oh really <laughs> which is weird because you can like really aim tightly on the oh, mouse oh yeah um, yeah that makes sense because i thought it was going to be moving around like directional with the mouse but it's not you're just aiming with it so yeah right and so yeah, moving made a mistake. all wasd yeah that's a that's a good point there are a couple of times when you're trying to do like you're trying to sneak your tentacle up to grab a certain guy um yeah or yeah yeah you just barely miss and that makes them turn around and like set you on fire and you're like fuck um or it alerts the fucking mechs and you're like eh shit time to restart on this room but yeah anyway okay cool um moving along super hot super super hot hot (laughs) um super hot mind control delete was a free update released uh, this week for Superhot, the original game. Mm. So if you've got Superhot, you can check this out. Um, we've we've talked about Superhot before. We talked about Superhot VR on here. 
and uh, now there is a third installment in here, um, which is sort of like, I wouldn't even call it an expansion. It's like a separate game, basically. <laughs> it's not really... Yeah. Because it's doing completely different stuff. Yep. Um, it's like a, uh, I, I guess, a wave-based or like these different procedurally generated, well, not even procedurally generated. They're all, they're all sort of similar types of levels. Um, you kind of replay them over and over again and you get different types of abilities. Um, the levels get harder and harder as you go. Uh, different types of enemies come after you. Um, it's, it's not like the original Superpot where it's you trying to solve a level and a puzzle uh, and trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. This is, you get in a, um, it's like a series of different levels you've got to try and accomplish with, a, with lives now. So in original Superhot, you would get shot and you'd have to start again from the very beginning of that level. But in this one, um, you start off with like two lives and you've got to do six or seven levels in a row without losing those two lives. Three lives. Um, it's three, right? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's I three by default. Nah, you should have three. Because you can get like four. Two. Nah, you get three. How fuck you only got two? It's three by default. I, I swear it's, two, it's three. I thought it was three as well, but I've only ever got two. I don't know. I've never died, so... <laughs> well, I've died a couple of times, but because I die in two shots, and I'm always confused as to what is going on. Um, yeah, so maybe something weird's going on there. I have to check that. Because hmm. uh, I thought it was just a power-up you get. Like, you get you get an extra one uh, when you, like, finish some levels and shit, and it always goes to four. Maybe I've got three by default because I bought... Maybe it's paid. How to win. much of this have you played? Heaps. Why? I'm up to like node five. Uh, I don't really know where I'm up to. Um, but I've had it. Like I bought it early access, fucking ages ages ago. So maybe. Oh, maybe you've got the pay to win version. Maybe I've got the pay to win version. <laughs> maybe that's what's going. What's going on? Uh, yeah, they give me an extra life. Uh-huh. Um, so there's like a, a there's like a chunk of, of levels you've got to complete and every once in a while it'll give you a new ability you've got to try and select between um, and eventually once you finish that chunk you move on to a next uh, series of levels you've got to try and figure out and sometimes you get new unlocks once you've done them um, there's little like uh, bits of storytelling that's sort of sprinkled in between but yeah it, it's not it's not not anywhere near like the original game it's hmm. um it feels like a, a spin-off, but at the same time, a spin-off that's got a bunch of like crazy wacky mods that they've thrown in. Um, stuff like being able to throw your katana and have it come back to you, like force powers. Yeah. Um, just weird, like you can like warp to people and punch them. It's like a charge ability. Yep. Um, being able to throw objects faster than any like f- like more powerful and quickly uh yeah it's just a, a really um interesting game it, it's i don't know like i wasn't having as much fun with it as i was when i first started because i was like oh this is kind of repetitive um but then it kind of just starts like amping up like piling on top of each other and more and more weird shit starts coming into the game and i've started digging it a little bit more it, it's it's sort of like a game where I don't know if it's the type of thing where you play it 
for two or three hours it's more like i play a couple levels and then i'll come back the next day and check it out that's kind of how i've been approaching it Mm. like play a couple and then be like oh cool i finished that chunk i'll try it some other time um so i was not enjoying it to start off with but it sort of started to really get a grasp on me the more i dived into it to see like all right this is going some places this is definitely different (laughs) um yeah how'd you go uh yeah well i mean apparently i'm in the fucking credits uh joby is in the credits for the the game because i bought it in fucking early access uh this is your pay to win this is my payment all my pay to win stuff um but uh yeah no lives i mean i like i already knew what i was in for this is basically what i got out of it was a new startup uh that was never in there before and I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the intro to the game at all. I did not like the fucking introductory phase where it was like super fucking stilted. It was like, oh, okay. I guess it's introducing me to these levels. Like, cause that's what it does is sort of very slowly. I think it's constructed off a basis of five or six core levels, core level layouts that you'll see time and time again but the nature of how you'll tackle them is different because the weapons in place are different. The enemy spawns are different and your yeah. ability uh, layout, uh, your ability set will be different. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, so I, uh, yeah, I was like, uh, I didn't give a shit about it. I already know these levels, right? Like it was nothing new to me. It just, it was mostly just more of the, I don't know. I just, I never really got into the uh, super hot, um, you're the, you know, oh, why are you doing this? You're evil for playing games. I, I, I've never, I, I can't immediately think of a game that is executed on the concept very well. Um, and I don't think Superhot necessarily does that. So I wasn't very into the new startup at all. Uh, but yeah, nevertheless, I did, uh, get past it and it was basically just mind control delete uh they've expanded it significantly since i last last played it I, i've already seen a bunch of new uh abilities and stuff uh that weren't there before the warp to punch that was there before hmm. uh and so it was force pull on the katana but i've seen like um i got like a fucking bullet ricochet or some shit uh yeah you ricochet you, if you uh there, there's one where you can slice bullets and it pushes everybody back or something like that. Like it'll make them, nice. or it makes all the bullets go back to them. This um, was like but a, there is a bullet ricochet where it yeah, bounces it was, off a wall. Yeah, it was fucking bouncing. That wasn't it before. That was pretty fucking sick. Uh, yeah, so like it's just basically expanded the abilities. And yeah, it does like my control delete before sort of felt like just some new levels with a couple of cool powers. But now it feels actually quite a lot like you know the the risk of rain style roguelike where you, or roguelite whatever uh where you are gradually getting out of hand amounts of power mm. like you are like slowly becoming far too powerful for anything to stop you and because of the nature of the game because of the way superhot works it doesn't really suffer from the same rng thing where you're like ah i got kind of dicked on my move set on this one so i'm probably never going to be very successful um like there are definitely 
some enemies that are very challenging to deal with. Uh, but yeah. because of the pacing of Super Hot, it's always kind of slow enough for you to deal with that shit. Like, you can always... It's not like in a game like Neon Abyss, to directly compare the two, um, in a game like Neon Abyss, where it's a bullet hell, um, the, the challenge of the bullet hell is that time's always fucking moving. Whereas in Superhot MCD, you can just sort of fucking pause. You can just stop fucking moving for a bit. Or if you can just very slowly move your mouse to get your peripheral uh, and analyze the situation, you just take a second to fucking work it out. And you can actually get through almost anything. Just like, even even with the most basic shit. Yeah, Provi- like, just like punching people. Yeah, the only times you're really super fucked... Uh, like I spawned into a level and like the three dudes down the hall had fucking guns and I was standing next to a, I think I had a fucking, there was a mug and a throwing dart and those were my fucking Mm. options. I'm like, all right. Uh, (laughs) I don't super know what my fucking options are. And I'm like very slowly turning around. I had, I worked out eventually that I could walk to like back the way I came and into a room and uh like I did it while bullets were fucking just barely fucking missing uh and like it was in a hallway like I was pretty fucked but I managed to do it and they moved to to finish the job and that allowed me to close the distance I never would have been able to close the distance myself uh just normally you know Anyway, uh, I think it's I think it's very fucking good. I think it's really fucking good uh, and very much worth grabbing uh, if if you are a fan of the super hot idea or like um, concept. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it's um. I mean, especially because it's free. If you've mm. like, if you already bought you've it, it's just hot. kind of there. If you've got super hot, yeah, it's free. Um, because um, they easily could have charged for it. Which is strange to me. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you a sucker. No, no, I'm a sucker. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, All right. Um. Last up, we got uh, Ghost of Tsushima or Tsushima. Tsushima. We can yeah. pronounce it properly now. Yay! Yeah, you know how to say it. Tsushima. Guys, stuff Tsushima. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. Where's the Tsushima gone? Where is it, Kevin? Um. Anyway, hey, uh, I've got a question, Luke. Sure. Uh, do you think the PlayStation Four is depressed? Why is that? The last two games it's released have been some of the fucking bleakest shit I've ever played in my entire <laughs> fucking life. Holy <laughs> right. shit! Is it just like, right. like? It's a, a team at Sony Computer Entertainment. They're just like, everything's getting worse. I want all our games to reflect how everything's just fucking terrible. Just the fucking, yeah. like, The Last of Us. And you're like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Let's go through this. Well, my, you know, common law wife <laughs> has left me and I didn't get the revenge I was so deeply searching for and my father figure's dead and uh for fuck's sake and now it goes to Tsushima like 
oh yeah, I'm the fucking, I'm the hero of Tsushima. Uh, Tsushima. Uh, I keep saying Tsushima now that we said. I shouldn't have brought up Kevin. <laughs> fucking Kevin. Um, yeah, uh, I'm the hero of Tsushima. Yeah. Like, I can fucking do this shit. What do you need, noble citizen? How, how may I help you? Oh, please, great samurai, you must help me. My family, they went running down that beach. Ah, oh, don't worry about it, mate. You stay here where it's safe, and I'll roll on down and see what's happened. You roll down 50 fucking meters, and there's, like, two corpses, and, like, half of them, half of the mum is, like, 16 fucking kilometers from the other half, and you're like, holy fuck. And then, like, your dude is a little, like, uh, oh, your dude who sounds unbelievably like Keanu Reeves, uh, goes, ah, oh, I should go tell the dude. I should tell that guy what happened. You go back, and you're like, um, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is you can, <laughs> you, you can find a new woman. Uh, you're no longer tied to that old ball and chain, if you know what I mean. And the bad news is, holy shit. Uh, yeah, like, it's just like, it's just bleak as fuck. Everyone keeps dying over and over again. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the PlayStation 4 might be depressed. I just, I, I really do think it's coming to the end of its life cycle. It's, it's gone over the sum of all of its accomplishments. It's like, I just haven't done enough. I'm just, I'm so oh, um, sad. Yeah, disappointed everyone. Uh, what have I Meanwhile, done the Xbox life? is like, we don't have to release anything. What are you talking about? What? Who needs to release <laughs> games, baby? Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. It's got some art. It's got some This heart. game's got some art to it. Yeah. 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 Uh I've taken so many fucking photos. I've never taken a single fucking photo in a game before. That's definitely a lie, but I don't really take photos don't use photo mode in games. Uh I don't really care for yeah. uh I don't really have an eye for art. Uh I just I just don't. I've got a you know, an eye for writing. Writing is my art. Oh. You're all about those haikus. I'm all about those haikus. <laughs> um, but no, I take fucking photos all the fucking time in this game. Like, constantly. I'm t- I'm like, holy shit, look at that. Look at that shit. I've got to take a photo of that. Look at that grass. Look at that. some good grass. That's some good, good grass, good flowers. Yeah. And good, there's leaves. There's a lot of leaves. There's like, so many fucking leaves. I think, uh, like, 80% of the GPU is going towards those leaves. Leave rendering, yeah. You're like, ooh. Yep, this is pushing the pro to its max. I don't know if PlayStation That's 5 would be able to, to carry this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a gorgeous fucking game. Um, I definitely think uh, The Last of Us Part 2 looks graphically better. Um, yeah, absolutely. Graphically speaking. But uh, the art style in this fucking... I can't think of many games that are better that have that have outdone this this game it is gorgeous like non-stop gorgeous repeatedly gorgeous every new area you go to is a new fucking glorious vista and you're like holy shit they went mm. to work at this shit like this is fucking good i love it yeah it's, it's- yeah especially the like the set piece moments where um you are playing like one-on-one jewels mm. and the camera like comes right on in and you've got like this background that's sort of 
uh, like a set piece background and sometimes there's things going on like whether it's like lightning strikes or mm. like the wind sort of blowing around like that stuff is it just looks really cool um, like just the way they play with the camera in that game they do it a lot where the camera is always constantly moving like when you're in combat uh, sometimes it zooms in and out when you're on your horse it's sort of like the horse is a bit to the left it's very close then you get to those dueling sequences and it's really tight uh sort of like a sideways view um like they're not afraid to move that camera around a little bit and sort of play with it depending on what the situation is that you're doing which i think is i don't know it's like an interesting way of not just having it be like behind your back all the time like this is where we're going to do it it's going to um change it every once in a while which you know I think it's kind of cool. I don't think the camera is very good, if I'm being honest. I mean, it definitely makes some artistic choices, as you say, uh, some mm. interesting artistic choices. Uh, but yeah, too often uh, I have had, especially I, I just went through and cleared out a bunch of villages. Uh, I rescued a bunch of farmsteads um, because- This is an act two? Yeah, yeah, just the start of act two. Um, I was unlocking some armor or some shit. And, uh, yeah, a number of times you wind up, like, leaping off the roof. Like, you'll set up a chain assassination and you'd leap off the roof and uh, stab someone. And you don't... I, I can't see anything that's going on. I can see a fucking button prompt. But most of what I can see is the fucking... The ledge of the roof is sitting out over and it's covering the fucking... It doesn't go transparent. So all I can see is right. fucking... Yeah, nothing. Uh, I can just see... His body goes transparent. Yeah. His body goes transparent, but the fucking Which walls don't. And you're like... <laughs> Something's going on. I assume people are dying. Uh, I can, you know, based on the fucking sounds. Um, and Shane Assassinations, you just press on the button. Button prompt shows up. It's not like those uh, standoff kills where you need to, like, time it correctly. Uh, yeah. yeah, quick time events. Yeah, you just fucking tap the fucking triangle button but yeah that too often it'll yeah clash with uh the fucking the walls and stuff which is annoying as fuck i cannot understand how it is 2020 and there is a game f entirely focused on third person uh melee combat where you do not lock you can't lock on to a target you can't have like how the fuck is there a game where people can attack you from any fucking direction and you aren't mm. locking on to any particular target. That's fucking ridiculous to me. Especially especially because you have to... like you're, It'd be almost okay if the combat was bound to R1 and R2. Like it is in other games. Because you, would, like, you wouldn't be taking your fucking thumb away from the camera fucking controls to attack people. Right. But you have to take your thumb away from the camera controls to fucking attack people. So... How the fuck? How the fuck did they arrive at that fucking point? That is ridiculous to me. Now, I understand that there is something extremely cool uh, about the you know the classic samurai fucking sword up, fucking standing there, stoic is all fucking shit, statue like, waiting for someone to attack, and then fucking from any direction, not facing them like they're fucking you know a hero from some fucking anime or some shit, and then they fucking slash 
attack, like slash block attack. And you're like, holy shit, that was fucking badass, right? So I understand that you don't want them facing them at all times. You know, I get the idea and I think that that is quite cool. But you don't have to have the character turn to have whoever you're fucking locked onto actually remain in your fucking, like, sights. It's just ridiculous mm-hmm. where, yeah, if you are actively attempting to attack someone, right, you might not be able to see the person who's about to slash you from behind uh, because you are your butt, your hand is not, like, your thumb is no longer on that fucking button. That's crazy to me. Right. Uh, I just don't understand. Yeah, there's no... Um, that was something that I noticed almost immediately when I started playing. Like, oh, where's the... Like, where's the button <laughs> to, to yeah. make me lock onto target? Right. Um, but I also don't think you need it because you get to a point where, like, you're just so powerful. Like, we're talking about power fantasies before. Like, this is... You fucking wreck people in this game so hard. Um and there's like a soft, there's some sort of like soft lock on target mechanism thing that's going on where if you start looking at someone and attacking them, it'll lock onto them. And the way you get out of it is, it seems to be like you run away. Once you run away a certain amount of distance, then it'll turn around and go the other way. Mm. Um, but like, I haven't found now that I've, I've played it, you know, I'm, I'm act two now, but quite earlier on, like, I didn't feel like I needed that lock on anymore because I could just pretty much destroy anybody in a couple button presses like um uh, it's not like a i don't know like a dark souls or something where i'm trying to switch between targets and like oh i'm gonna focus on this one i just feel like i can just fuck up anybody that comes towards me like it doesn't matter who i'm fighting they'll be they'll be dead in three hits anyway so let's just keep going like certainly i am like now at a point where i don't care like it doesn't matter everything fucking dies but i i drop the fucking game too yeah. easy i just don't give a shit like i i'm not reviewing it um but even if i was i mean you know i don't want to be all you should probably play the itch witcher 3 on easy but like you should probably play ghost shima on easy it like functionally i think the only thing that it drops is uh the amount of damage you take and the amount of damage you do so I don't think mm. that it's like that. Like if that's all it's changing, I don't think there is anything to be gained from playing it right. on a higher difficulty outside of inane bragging rights. And what you gain from it is not feeling punished when that spear dude who does the giant fucking wind up and stabs you from behind. Or the, or the yeah, sweep yeah. from behind, yeah. Like any the sweep, you got to jump. Yeah, but yeah. You, if you can't see them doing it because your camera is mm-hmm. facing the wrong fucking way, because I mean, basically, what I really like to do in this game, and what I think it does really well, is I will jump in to an area and I will bait every single fucking person in the area, every single uh, enemy in the area into coming towards me and then I'll fight them all at the same time in oh, yeah. glorious fucking spray, a, sh- a fucking fountain of blood. Uh, I think it's fucking amazing. I think the combat in that sense That's such a cool mechanic. Yeah. Of, it's literally a button tied to come fuck me up. Yeah. Like, let's go. It's the, the Morpheus, like, come at me. Yeah. 
like there's a, there's a button for it. You're like, all right, okay, cool. And yeah, you're just like, well, we're fucking doing this. Let's go. Let's let's like, I want everyone to fucking. I'm not I'm not stealth and shit. I don't need stealth. I'm gonna. I don't think it's a good stealth it. game. Uh no, I don't think so either. Uh, I, there's so many like, um. I guess like areas that it throws at you and you're clearly supposed to stealth it and you're just like this just seems terrible like hmm. it just doesn't make sense for a lot of it like it, you can't really visualize where you should be going the paths like the, the way the enemies are laid out hmm. um, and there's just like like not a lot of utility for you to use as a stealth game it's kind of just stabbing people in the back and going on the next thing so it's like, so much dollar right like once you've- I'll just do a loop, yeah. kill a couple of dudes, and then I'll do the standoff thing, murder those three guys, and then just fucking let's go, everybody. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's fight. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Like, you throw a firecracker down, right? Because that lures multiple people, and then you just fucking chain assassination. And, oh, yeah, you can fire. <laughs> oh, man. That, that shit's hairy. That, that's rough. That one's, like, because- yeah, if you get enough people in with a firecracker, it is fucking ridiculous. Those firebombs, I don't mm. think, should exist in the game. Once you've upgraded them, uh, they're kind of fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah, you wind up in a... Well, the, th- the throwing... Uh, what are they? Coonies or something? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the kunai, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of throw them and just... Like, sometimes it just flats out kills everybody. <laughs> You're like, all right, cool, easy. Like, especially when you, like... When you fought, like... I don't know, 20 people in one little village because you ran, like, oh, I'll, like, I won't even do the standoff <laughs> thing. I'll just fucking, like, bust on through the fucking middle. I'll shoot the two archers at the top because they're, like, they're annoying to get to. So I'll shoot them if they're on top of a yeah. fucking stand. Just get rid of them. Get them out of the fucking picture immediately. I don't care if they see the bodies or see them get shot or whatever. That doesn't matter to me because then I'll just run through the fucking front gates, run straight past some dudes, run up to the other end of the fucking fort or whatever the fuck it is, and then turn around and just fucking let's go. And there's like 40 cunts all walking towards me. I'm like, this is it. Let's do this. And it is full-blown some fucking Ninja Scroll shit where you're just like, whoosh, whoosh, thing, and like fucking yeah. blood blood i'm disappointed like there's a little dismemberment in this game but there's not nearly as much as i would like i i'm wondering if it starts to build up towards the end when you start getting those more upgrades on the the um the samurai swords oh, yeah. or if there's different type. i don't think there's more than one sword no, as far I as i'm aware so. yeah. it doesn't seem like it but i'm wondering if you get to the higher part that's when it starts like i hope so just fucking because there's definitely dismemberment. Oh. I've cut people's arms off. Oh, yeah. Arms, absolutely. Lots of arms. I want people... I want that fucking... You know, the... Whoosh, and then... Yeah. Like, they slide. The evil yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's got to be. Like, we got to see more of that shit. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, I I really like the combat, though. Yeah. The changing stances, man. Like, oh, it's yeah. so... So satisfying. Um... Because you basically get to a point where you're fighting. Um, the first stance is just like sword guys, and then there's different types of enemy types. You've got the brutes, the spear guys, the guys with the shields, and then every time you get a new stance, that sort of allows you to really um, deal with those enemies a little bit easier because mm. you're able to break their um, what were we calling it posture? Yeah, or like stagger meter, something like posture, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. And then once you get those all those unlocks for those stances, which doesn't 
take that long. You, you pretty much get it by the end of the first act if you're going through and doing stuff, which is what I did. Yep. Yeah, you just like, it's just so satisfying to be in the middle of a fight and switching between like, oh, okay, here comes the shield guy, switch that, that stance, deal with him, the brute comes over, you switch across to something else. And these are like mid swings. There's like, you can attack cancel in this game. Like it's, it's like they've had fighting, like fighting game people come in and be like, all right, what can we do in here? Mm. <laughs> like have them play it. There's some insane things that you don't normally see in a, like an action combat game like this. Like, how many games do you see where there's like attack cancels yeah in, like an assassin's creed game it's yeah fucking wild the, that's probably the only thing i miss from uh from playing it on easy and i don't even really miss it but i change stances based on what looks cool in a moment not what i need right, yeah. at any one time like when everyone I, dies in one hit anyway right <laughs> and like well yeah now that yeah they were like a lot of them were fucking two hits was it which was annoying. But now, uh, yeah, I upgraded my sword and, uh, yeah, I've got that, I got the last one, the the brute one, and he just stands there with his fucking sword, like, way up high and you're like, that looks so fucking gangster. And then you, like, do a couple of hits and you chain across <laughs> to the fucking, uh, is it the, the sword one's, like, back the other way and you're like, he just, like, mm. switches, like, so effortlessly between each fucking... And you're like, oh, my God, I'm just doing this... Sh-. Yeah, so I'm just doing it because it looks fucking amazing uh, while, while I'm fucking murdering as many people as possible. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I think it's very weird. I don't know how the story's going to go yet. I don't know how, like, what direction it's going to take. But I think it's very weird that the, like, the... um. It, it plays it sort of admonishes you for using stealth you know it's not the it's not the bushido way it's not the way of the samurai um and it sort of gives you a bit of shit uh like you know your uncle wouldn't be happy every time oh this is not honorable sometimes you'll say it when you like stab 16 yeah. cunts in the fucking back of the neck i did this like i had one last one farmstead left and uh i was running i was doing my usual run through and just murder everyone but for some reason the first dude i ran up to didn't notice me and so by the time i got to him i think i just unlocked like a sprinting slash so i tried to like sprinting slash him but instead i just sprinting assassinated him i'm like oh okay and i sprinted up to go get the next guy and uh, i did like a shoji assassination have you unlocked that Stab can't through a door. Sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't use doors anyway. Like, I never open doors. I just sure. fucking slice them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, when you when there's dudes in cages and it's like press R two to open the cage and you like press R two for like fucking I don't know it's like five seconds to unlock this fucking cage. You're like chop, chop, chop. I just chop cages, chop cages, chop doors, chop wind, chop fucking everything. Fucking everything's getting chopped. Mm. Fuck this shit. It's ridiculous. But uh, I like the uh, busting into somebody's house and like just fucking beating their door in and then just talking to them like, <laughs> oh, I need to go. Like, I'm, I'm poor and I need some food. And you just busted their door. Over. And then you steal like 40 fucking supplies yeah, from living. the corners and you're like, yep. Yeah. Don't worry, I will go find your definitely dead child and you're off, off your roll to go find their fucking corpse of a fucking son. And you're like, well, here you go. Uh, 
Yeah. Another job well done. Um, are, are you playing on um, English or are you playing Japanese? English. Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing English as well. Uh, yeah. Only because I'd heard the Japanese stuff wasn't very good. So. Uh, I like Keanu Reeves' impersonator as the main character, so I'm probably never going to change, to be honest. Uh, I just think he does mm. too good a job. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the back on the combat, like, it's so astounding how many different, like, you've got the stances, and then you've got, uh, like, different types of bows as well. There's, like, a bunch of different bows. It, it seems like every time you hit a trigger button, there's, like, four options for you to choose. And then on this trigger, there's another four options. And there's, like, stuff that's just always unlocking. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, weapons and, like, things you can use in your arsenal to um, engage a certain situation, like slowing down time and shooting people with a bow and arrow and that sort of stuff. But it doesn't seem to reward you for playing the ghost, like being the ghost uh, or sorry, being the stealth sort of approach other than those couple of um, uh, like bonus rewards where it'll be like, hey, you need to find the leader of this area and watch them for a little bit. You kind of hold R2 on that and like watch them. That's the only time where I'm like, I need to stealth this area to find this guy and then do that. And after that's done, I'm just like, let's go everybody yep. line up let's have a crack yeah um so there's no like incentive for me to play it as a stealth game yeah yeah it's weird that it's not like heavily incentivized towards stealth like, it, stealth actually winds up being pretty fucking boring compared to the combat and yeah i think i think it's a mistake you know like ultimately for the game to de-emphasize stealth in that manner um i guess you know th- I, it's one of those situations where you know maybe I I don't have a fucking I don't get to have the same boisterous opinion because I'm playing on easy, but um, like it, it's one of those situations where if the combat was like if the combat was fucking Dark Souls hard and stealth mm-hmm. was as easy as it is in this game, then I could see right. feeling like stealth was the the way to go. Um, because you'd be like, oh, well, I can insta-kill a motherfucker using stealth or I can fight to the fucking an inch of my life uh, every single fucking go around every time I try to fight someone. Like stealth would, you know, uh, how in like Hitman when, you know, you fuck up your stealth and you have to shoot your way out and you're like, fuck, this is going to be fucking hairy. Uh, but that's not how it feels in Ghost. Like even when I wasn't playing on Easy before I dropped it to to Easy, uh, it's mm. it still felt like super e- easy. It was just annoying, you know. Like it was just frustrating to be stabbed by some dude or have my legs swept out from underneath me f- from someone right. off camera, you know. And like that was the only. Th- it never. F- I didn't. I wasn't dying. It's not like I was losing my life. It's so easy. Like, as soon as you get into the mentality actually fucking healing yourself, it's the same as, like, uh, I was saying in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. As soon as you shift your mentality to actually managing your fucking health, it's actually fucking easy to do. But you do have to actually... You do have to do it. But once... Yeah, once you do it, uh, you, like... Unlike Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where there is a finite amount of fucking berries for you to find, a finite amount of rations, in Ghost, you like get resolve back doing fucking heaps of shit like stacks of stuff you like perfect parry like 
even when I was playing on uh, normal difficulty, I'd just stand there perfect parrying cunts to build my resolve back <laughs> yeah. up and then heal. And like, okay, cool. As long as there was no one behind me, I was pretty much fine. Like the only, pretty much the only ways I lost health were from people attacking me from behind or getting shot by fucking archers who were outside yeah. my reach. Or oh, bears, or bears mauling me. Like, yeah, it's it's. I I don't think yeah the combat is anywhere near difficult enough for it to hmm. for stealth to be uh, necessary. Uh, like yeah, something that you feel like you need to do uh, instead of combat. And I think I think that's maybe a mistake because yeah if if it was significantly more if it was significantly easier for you to stealth than to do normal combat then because i don't know like i said i haven't finished but it feels like the game is trying trying to push me down a path where i feel guilty for using stealth instead of being like playing in the way of the samurai and it feels like it's not really succeeding in that because i keep rolling in like my uncle wants and starting fights with people up front because I don't don't give a fuck. Like, it's just not a problem. Except for shooting arrow cunts. Um, Bow bow and arrow. Like, archers. That's the word. Yeah, like, it's just not a fucking problem. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Uh, It's a weird... It's a weird one. Like, that that Um, balance between stealth and, and combat. Yeah, yeah. like, there's things in there that, like the standoff system, I like the idea of that, but boy, does it get repetitive in terms of its animation. Like, it's literally the same animation every single time. And I don't like the walking animation that they do. It just looks off. Yeah. (laughs) Like, something about it, like, really tiptoeing towards each other. Um, And it's always the same. Like, it plays out exactly the same every single time. I, I wish there was just more variety there or something um because you use it well at least i use it a lot and i've seen it like 60 70 times now like whenever i come across somebody i I hit that and it just it's just bland i think it looks extremely bland it was it's cool the first time you do it but then it's just like every single time it's there's no variety in it so i think that's um like i wish there would have been some more attention sort of paid to that parts of it a little bit more variety yeah same with chain assassinations yeah. Yeah. Um but uh like the cosmetics and the the dyes and sort of like the outfits are done really well. Um I like just pick like finding weird stuff to put on and mm. uh everything just looks like you look cool when you're doing all this stuff. Um like there's a lot of variety there. You, you can get these different charms that change the way the combat works um and then on top of that the armor there's like, like a bunch of different armor that changes the way you can interact with the world i think that stuff is really cool and it's not it doesn't feel overburdened like your assassin's creed uh, i guess odyssey the world isn't just populated with stuff everywhere to do um the like the side missions are pretty basic i mean for the most part in this game you're just killing people like majority of the game you're just killing people pretty much yeah um there's there's like the uh fox dens and the like climbing the towers equivalent sort of stuff Mm -hmm. uh finding 
secret areas and that sort of thing but it's not like an overwhelming sense of oh shit look at all this stuff on the map i've got to kind of go do all this like it, it's pretty spaced out and um there's an okay variety it just doesn't feel extremely deep like i feel like i've seen it all at this stage um like there's nothing new that's going to kind of pop up so i wish there was some more of that but otherwise you know i'm 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 enjoying it um i don't think it's doing anything we haven't seen before yeah uh you know it's a good first maybe first entering to what might be a series i don't know i still would like to see i'm hoping sucker punch has like a second team working on some sort of infamous game because i still like those games as well right but yeah like it's a decent introduction to a an assassin's creed samurai game that we never got and this is you know a good you know it's it's not uh it's not anything outstanding like it's not last of us part two sort of level mm. um if 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 though those games were switched like last of us came out now i don't think this game could have came out earlier i think there's still it probably could have waited and i don't understand why they haven't waited because there's a bunch of technical issues as well i've seen um but if last of us was the last game they put out i think that would have been that would have went out better for them i feel like it's sort of strange that they're switched that last of us came out and then this yeah um because I don't know about you, but I've had like weird graphical glitches where you can see the rendering not working properly. Like it can't keep up with what it's trying to render. You notice it a lot when you're spinning around quickly. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> especially inside of buildings and things like that. You'll see this white like texture that's sort of popping up. Yeah, right. I don't know if it's maybe my game, but I've noticed it a bunch. I've uh, like see if I can find a recording of it or something, but um, just things like that. But... I fell through the and world. like weird. Fell through yeah. the world into underneath the map and then it like flung me back up out of the that area and uh, mm. placed me very gingerly back on the ground, which was pretty cool because I think I was falling off a cliff at the time. And uh, yeah, so that actually saved my life, which was pretty good. I was pretty happy with that. Nice. Um, I, don't, oh. I don't like... like can't I have some a box kite or something? Like, can't I have some fucking way of getting down from fucking high cliffs without having high to climb areas. fucking back down the same way I came? Because it's so fucking tedious. There's actually quite a bit of tedium in this game, a surprising amount. Well, those climb towers, Yeah, there's like a fast travel point. Yeah, there's a go back and return to the start of the shrine or whatever. But it's not I only always found that there. once. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it doesn't happen every fucking time. It's it's just a and well, it's not that it doesn't happen. It's not. It appears to only be for shrines, and you're not always climbing to the top yeah. of a shrine. Um, Assassin's Creed, you get to the top of the thing you're supposed to be climbing, and there's a hay bale on the bottom. You're like, okay, cool, jump down. Like this game, people make fun, like, fucking. But like that is actually a really cool fucking moment, and it saves you the the tedium of climbing back down. There's like. You got a fucking. There's unskippable cutscenes. You can't even speed through fucking dialogue. Like, dialogue. come on. Yeah, I think that's it. Ugh. Especially considering how wonky. Like, people wouldn't have noticed how wonky the fucking, like, uh, lip sync is if they didn't have to sit there and fucking watch everyone, everything everyone fucking says all the time. If you could just fucking skip through that shit, nobody would fucking know about it. But instead, you gotta wait. And every time he fucking rolls up on some, oh, oh, 
save someone. Oh, don't worry, you'll be free soon. And then you got to stand there. And it takes like fucking 12 seconds for him to fucking chop their fucking ropes off and then stand there and get thanked and then fucking stay here until it's safe. And then you... Then you're allowed to play again. It's so fucking detrimental to the fucking pacing of the game. Especially when you're like like there's there's two ways it goes, right? Like you either roll through a fucking farmstead and kill 40 cunts at once, right? Or you roll through a farmstead, you kill 12 cunts, and then you have to wait like 12 seconds, and then you move on to the next one. If you kill them all at once, it's literally a case of running up to one person, chopping, waiting 12 seconds, running to the next one, chopping, waiting 12 seconds, running to the last one, waiting, and you're like, oh my god, I almost don't want to fucking free you, just because I know I'm going to fucking stand here and wait for you to say some fucking pointless thank yous, and then move on, like, I just don't give a shit, let's, like, let's fucking go already, you know, like... I was in yep. the middle of some shit. I was chopping dudes. You know, I've, I'm a busy man. Anyway, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fast travel is excellent. Oh, it's, it's so quick. Yeah. And it's very... Like that is how forgiving. fast travel should work. It gives you a lot of fucking <laughs> different, like, locations as well. Like, you're not, like, stuck on one thing. You can go to Fox Dens. Fox Dens you've discovered but haven't completed. Like, all this kind of shit. It's very Towns, good. like places yeah. you've... Not even, like, main city hubs. Just, like, a farmstead that you've found with someone in it that you talk to. A little trapper uh, camp or some shit, now. yeah. And it's super quick. Like, I'd say five seconds at most sometimes. That's if you're going really far. Sometimes it's, like, two seconds. I've had parts where I've died and it's put me back in in, like, a second or two. I'm like, all right, cool. That's that's awesome. None of this Dark Souls crap where you die and you have to wait 45 seconds for the game to load. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I just felt that was really impressive that they just chuck you back in pretty much straight away. Mm. That's cool. Yep. But, um, yeah, like I'm digging it. It's, it's not blowing my socks off, but I'm still having fun with it. It's a dumb power fantasy game where I'm just samurai destroying everything and everyone. So, yeah. I'm digging it. Yeah, I definitely um, like. I definitely think you should play it on easy. Everyone should play it on easy. Uh, it's just the minor frustration uh, that exists disappears as soon as you drop it to easy. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it's like it is. It's a dumb power fantasy game with a actually pretty good story uh, that I'm enjoying. Uh, that I wish I could fucking skip through. Um, <laughs> Wait, you're enjoying the story, but you want to skip through it. I can read faster than they can. I can read faster than most people, and I do not need to sit here and listen to them fucking deliver lines. Like, it's a good story that I wish I could read at my own fucking pace. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, one of the most stunning art styles I've ever seen. And, yeah, uh, they spend a lot of time in that photo mode as well. Fuck. There's a ridiculous amount of stuff. Yeah. Like changing the wind speed. Yeah. Or direction. Why? Or, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's out now. PlayStation 4. Um, and Pro, I guess. I, I tried to check out the different performance modes. I didn't notice like any change i don't know what it's doing um I, I i try to watch like a digital foundry video and it seems like it's locked at 
30 on the performance mode and it's still at 30 on the pro mode and it drops a little bit but otherwise uh yeah it's a that's a weird one i was expecting it to go to 60 or something like that so hmm. either way um yeah that's ghost of tsushima 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 cool tsushima all right should we do some news let's do it there's a bunch here uh microsoft game showcase is tomorrow um are you getting up early for this one because i think it's gonna be what two o'clock for you maybe i think it's eight or nine a.m here not doing it not happening not you're not having for that halo life uh you know you know i am you know i uh, have regularly <laughs> reviewed the uh the old halo games uh to you know everyone's everyone at microsoft's displeasure um but um yeah, no, I'm not getting up for to to watch this, but I'll definitely watch it afterwards. I'm very excited. I do. Do you think we're gonna get a fucking? Is it just a game showcase, or do you think we're gonna get a fucking a big launch price. window price and and launch window announcement? What are we at? July. We're yeah. Four months. We're in the Four tail months. end of July. Like. I don't think they can wait much longer. It would be a monumental announcement. What if they they hold it out for next month, August? That'd be crazy, but maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think they're going to, but I guess we'll see, right? Um, Anything else you're sort of hoping for? that? Like, they're they're talking... I I saw stuff going around today that said uh, it's going to be a bit more open world. Uh, I I Grappling saw the thing I, I'm talking about. yeah I saw one thing that said it was Halo meets Breath of the Wild and that's the only thing I've seen and that seems fucking out of like that seems like it's not going to get happen I don't think that's I don't think I, I saw the Halo meets Skyrim Skyrim was right. the pitch okay. back in the day yeah hey if it's like Halo the Skyrim with the Halo shooting I'm fucking in uh Skyrim, Skyrim with Halo's story, <laughs> I do not care for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like mm. the that shot, uh, the the you know the promo shot, the Halo Infinite promo shot, it looks pretty fucking cool. The box shot, it, it's very Halo One. That box, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, it looks like we're back on a Halo at least. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge Halo fan, so um, uh, yeah, you'll, I guess they'll have to show me something else, or at least show me something that'll really m- want me to play Halo. Um, yeah, I played a bunch of them; it just doesn't grab me as much as most people, I guess. Uh, all right, so we'll probably talk about that next week once we know exactly what's going on. I just don't think there's gonna be a price tomorrow. Um, I feel like they're waiting for each other to oh, get as close as yeah, possible. Yeah, they're definitely still playing chicken, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, at the, but at the same time, there's the possibility of them coming out and saying, hey, here's our uh, Xbox Series 1 and S, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. And maybe they do drop a price for that and the other one. Um, and PlayStation is not going to undercut that S price, the S console anyway. So maybe they're just like, fuck it. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, maybe there'll be a... A, uh, a date that could be something that happens so mm. anyway we'll see we're just speculating uh, next up we've got uh, Ubisoft won't be increasing the price 
of next generation games in 2020 at least. So this came from a investors call yesterday yep. um, where they were asked a question about the price of next generation games in, in relation to, I guess, take two saying that they were jacking theirs up to mm. 70 US dollars. Um, originally the, the prices in the US here are 59 or 60 US. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft says at this stage, they're not, they're not doing that. Uh, they didn't say they won't be doing it in the future, but at least not this year. Yep. So I guess there's going to be a, a, a line drawn in the sand as to <laughs> like where we're going to see prices go for games. It's kind of interesting to take two or 2K at least were the ones that did it first on their uh, extremely egregious basketball game yeah. with microtransactions in it. Pretty gross. Yeah. Um, some more Ubisoft news. This comes... Uh, in relation to a lot of the uh, allegations about workplace conditions in Ubisoft recently, but according to a bunch of people in a uh, Bloomberg article, mm. uh, Cassandra, who was one of the protagonists from Assassin's Creed Odyssey, was originally supposed to be the only character that you could choose in that game. Uh, it wasn't until decisions were made by the editorial team and also the former chief creative officer uh, to add a male character because women don't sell games. Yeah, it's pretty gross, especially considering the rest of uh, the the allegations about the corporate culture at Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, there's there's not really a, a, a single good thing about this. Um, I, I think most people played as Cassandra as well, which... I thought it was the other way around. Really? Most of the people I, I saw read that like a third of people Cassandra. played as as Alexos. Alexos. A third of people yeah. is not most. Sorry, I mean I meant uh, <laughs> three quarters. Um, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, regardless, yeah, it's uh, hyper gross, and yeah, I don't know, man. Just a bad move altogether. I wonder if um, Ivar from Valhalla is canonically a male or female. Um, I guess we'll find out one day. Um, like- so, sorry, here's, a, here's an article from 2018 that says uh, two-thirds of players uh, picked Alexos right. as the primary protagonist. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't think that they wouldn't have played the game if they had to be Cassandra, you know? It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the guy that was suggesting this is the guy that's now stepped down due to sexual yeah, allegations exactly. and, and workplace. <laughs> right? Like, um, so gross. Culture. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Uh, um, cool. All right. Ne- next up, we got Spider-Man Miles Morales will be uh, having a performance mode. And that performance mode is 4K 60 frames per second, which is um, I am all for. Yeah, like that is that is what I want to see going to this next generation. Like the the um, selection, like the options. I, I like I want 60 frames per second to be a standard. Yeah, to like give the players the option to either go with smooth frame rate or the you know. The, the everything looking shiny and bells and whistles and your ray tracing and all that sort of stuff uh, 
because like I play games on PC where if I'm not getting a frame rate that I feel like is is good enough, like I'll turn my graphic settings down. Like I generally pick um, frame rate over graphics if I'm playing a game that I feel like benefits it. Yeah, and an action game like spider-man mm. i think benefits that sort of stuff like it's, it's it's supposed to be quick and fast paced and that sort of thing so i'm interested to see what this game looks like at 64k yeah and then also what the pro mode looks like it, like are they is it ray tracing and that sort of stuff that'll be disappearing or is it uh you know other things so yeah. I don't know, what do you what do you think is direction uh like absolutely do it to it uh i i will be very intrigued to see how this all like look side by side um performance mode and and i don't know graphics mode or whatever the fuck you call it um but uh yeah for a game like spider-man where you know it comes down to that feeling of speed which you know as i uh went on and on and on about um with the original release i didn't feel like it did well enough uh on the ps4 um if, if they can make it feel faster and I think 60 frames will make it feel faster, um, then, yeah, I'm definitely going to play in performance mode, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, and next up, we've got some Metacritic news. They have, um, I guess, when the Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima review um, dropped, they have since locked user reviews for 36 hours after the game launched. Um and according to them, they're saying this is not due to the backlash from The Last of Us Part Two right. sort of fiasco that happened when that thing got review bombed. Um, is this going to fix anything, Job? Or do you think it's sort of like a... I mean, it can't fucking hurt, band-aid. right? Like, it's it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, uh, a band-aid, but like doing anything is better than doing nothing at the end of the day, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, at least they're doing something. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a lot more needs to go into fixing Metacritic, but yeah, at least there's this. Yeah, it's the type of thing of like, even do user reviews matter in that case when you end up with people just giving it a zero or people that just really like it giving it a 10 because it's if, you know, they like it and mm. I, 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 like I those types of reviews even worthwhile like sometimes they definitely are like i use steam reviews yeah all the time but i don't look at metacritic reviews at all i don't think i don't know if anybody does i don't <laughs> just, it's I just don't not reliable yeah yeah exactly yeah um you know you look at stuff like um ron tomatoes as well i i look at user uh audience reviews they call them as well sometimes yeah. um, to sort of get a gauge in the difference because sometimes critics will look at a film and think it's really good and, and then the the score on it will be like a 38 whereas the user the critic review is like an 80 or 90 and you look into it a bit more and you know people are talking about certain things and sometimes I side with those people more so yeah I think there is a there is a um, a use for that stuff but Metacritic I've never found any no any use for it all it just seems like a dumpster fire most of the time yeah um yep and i don't know how you fix that without having like some sort of api that hooks into like whether or not you've actually got the game or mm-hmm. like i don't even i don't know how you do that because you talked a couple of weeks ago about like um 
Rotten Tomatoes and having like verified uh, reviews of people that have to purchase through like uh, um, show their ticket stub or Fandango or, or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Like that the, the, something I, I still think that is the only way to really fix it. I don't think Metacritic cares too much. I think Metacritic likes the traffic that they get from people yeah. engaging in review bombing as empty as that is. And so they don't care too much to fix it. Uh, so they, and, they, But does anybody care really? Like developers care? Yeah, Maybe I don't know. I mean, slightly, but... There are a lot of dipshits on Reddit and Twitter who point to user reviews and use it as some sort of indication mm. that uh, the game reviewers are bought off and paid off to lie to you when it's obviously fucking yeah. not the case um yeah so mm. <clears throat> all right um and the last story we've got here is about gamer girl a trailer that was posted on the playstation account then quickly deleted mm. uh and then a lot of backlash about this um this game which is a fmv game where you play a uh, a streamer's moderator while you help her um go about her, her life as a streamer and then situations unfold um during that uh i don't know how however long it is the course of the game where it seems like she starts getting stalked and things like that yep um and as a moderator you must uh try and help her out of this situation this copped a lot of shit mm. like <laughs> dropped um was it warranted do you think i absolutely think it was warranted this seemed gross as fuck i mean like i, I, I said it on twitter i do not think that there is a good time to release a trailer like this but there cannot possibly be a fucking worse time than while the twitch community is, is still in the midst or at the tail end of reeling from a non-stop barrage of sexual assault allegations being leveled at all manner of people involved in Twitch communities from streamers, community uh, liaisons, uh, moderators, etc., etc. These like there is a real situation in the twitch community at the moment that does not lead itself to um providing a decent platform for a game about a sure. moderator who is far too involved in the life of um his the the person he has an infatuation with so yeah there's absolutely no way that this was a good idea uh to a, release this trailer and B, uh, release it now. Uh, yeah, I understand the backlash 100%. This is, <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a, I think you can make an argument that the, the, uh, moderator relationship people have, uh, moderator streamer relationship people have is, worth explore, exploration sure uh yeah. and we obviously haven't played the game we don't know where it goes in terms of that absolutely but the things it was portraying makes it seem like 
uh, you have some sort of connection with this person and you're trying to save them and, and like just weird stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I think it, it is, it places an unhealthy, uh, mm. emphasis on that relationship or the nature of that relationship. And yeah. If, if you were playing this game as the streamer, that might've been more interesting. Yeah. It would be quite different. I think, uh, because it would, uh, change that relationship, you know, change the, the nature of it. And I think it'd be a, a bit of a healthier way to explore it. Uh, although again, whether or not there is a healthy way, just don't know. And whether or not this is this game ultimately does find a healthy way, we don't know because we haven't played it. But based on what we saw, whoo, holy shit, are you kidding? Yeah. And calling it Game um, Girl, holy crap, what are you doing? People are, yeah, that's a terrible name, holy fuck. Um, people are speculating right now this, this game has been ditched. I don't, I think it comes out. Yeah. It had a release date of like September. They're right. not canceling the game because a bunch of people on the internet got angry. Like, they'll put it out. People yeah. People play it. I mean, it, it had probably good fucking marketing for them. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, like, we're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested in checking it out at least to see what it's about. Yep. At this stage to, to, to talk and analyze it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this game comes out. They might not publicize it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it'll drop. Like, there's no way PlayStation drops this again on their no. account. Yeah. Not from all the shit they got. Anyway. Uh, and that is it. That's the uh, that's the news of the week. I think we'll have a bit more next week. At least interesting stuff. Um, no. Once no, this, you've, this missed, you've missed... You've uh, missed... Herman Miller. Herman Miller and Logitech have revealed the Herman Miller cross Logitech G Embody gaming chair. Herman Miller. I don't care. Herman Miller make the uh, the Aeron, widely accepted to be the best office chair in the world. Uh, okay. This is fifteen hundred US dollars. It is a okay. gaming sure. version of the Embody, which is the supposed to be the update to the Aeron, but nobody fucking likes it. Um, and it's different from the original Embody. In that it has an extra layer of foam to better support your posture while you play. And they've added new technology to keep you cool as well. Uh, you, did they give you one of these or something? What is going on? What is happening right now? No, I was just about to say, uh, it, like, the body is literally no better than my current chair. Which was admittedly quite expensive. Uh, the Ergodo Human um, that I'm sitting on at the moment. The Embody is functionally identical. The only difference is uh, the Embody has a 12-year warranty and this thing has a 10-year warranty. Uh, mm. And this thing was $1,200. At 1500 US, that Logitech is going to cost around 2100 Australian. So anyway, uh, if you want a good gaming chair, Ergo Human. Awesome. This podcast brought to you by Okay, human. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no. no, I wish. I they want to give us a chair. They'd have to give you a chair. I already got a chair. I don't need no fucking another chair. Anyway. I've got a chair. I got my DX, DX. racer. 
DX Racer. DX Racer. Anyway. Yeah. Questions that time. Is questions time. The news. Let's do it. Fridge Monster Man writes. Hi, Luke. Hi, Job. Thanks for clearing up the ending of The Last of Us for me on last week's show. Makes sense to me now. When reviewing games, how much distinction is made between the critiquing art side of things and the informing consumers side of things? Does it come down to the outlet you're writing for or are the lines a bit blurred? Uh, it definitely comes down to the uh, site, the outlet you're writing for because there are certain places that place way more emphasis on certain things. Um, like, for example... Uh, for IGN, uh, they want they want you to emphasize like IGN versus Gamespot is a really good example. IGN wants you to emphasize your feelings, uh, your opinion more uh, than Gamespot does. That doesn't mean that Gamespot doesn't want you to go into that stuff, but they want you to frame it more uh, from a in- information for the consumer perspective. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a, a a difference between the outlets uh for me personally uh i believe it is crucial uh to inform consumers that consumers understand what they're getting themselves into i think that is a critical element in a review uh but at the same time uh i don't let that get in the way of uh like I guess, appreciating the game as an art form. So, for example, if we were to take Carrion, uh, I think it was important that we pointed out in, you know, in this week's podcast that it took Luke three and a half hours, me four, oh, could have been four, but ultimately six uh, to 100% it. I think it was that was critical, but I do not think it impacted our appraisal of the game as a uh, as a work of art, you know, as a, as an element of art, uh, and I think that's pretty important. Ultimately, uh, like those, you've got to be able to balance those things. But at the end of the day, games as art, uh, I think, is the ultimate goal. A critical analysis i think the best reviewer is able to balance like blend the two elements luke any thoughts yeah i think it's the um the outlet right because yeah. uh there are enthusiast sites as well or there are your like the stuff nate does with kids magazines yeah. <clears throat> k-zone um or like jb hi-fi stuff um I think the most most of the sites that I've yeah all the sites I've written for enthusiast sites right we 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 write about it to tell consumers what we think about it for the most part mm. um, but then then you look at like the stuff I've written for Carry On and I don't think it's a I wouldn't say it's a critical analysis of the game it's it's just a my thoughts about what I like and what I didn't like yeah <laughs> that's about it. I haven't gone into the intricacies about how, um, you know, relationships between people in like a Last of Us game or something like that. Like I, that's not really what I do Mm. in in those type of things. Yeah. Um, There's definitely games where I've written more uh, like focused on the, the art side of it. Yeah. Like your, your um, like Red Dead Redemptions and things like that. But then there's Mm. other games that I'm just like, 
you kind of know the style you want to go for depending on the game as well i think oh some um, games absolutely games warrant it more yeah like i don't think rocket arena necessarily uh warranted a in-depth analysis to the uh the arts of the game uh although you know right outside of the the aesthetic uh itself you know i mean the the extent to which i spoke about the artwork in the game the visual style of the game was mostly in service of talking about the clash between that aesthetic and the uh the design the design yeah like but at the end of the day you know it's still a summary of the game as a whole uh, beyond uh, advice to the consumer, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think you kind of just know. Yeah. You, you kind of just know what you, depending on who it's you're writing from and, and what it is you're writing about. Yeah. Um, like, especially with things where you start running into problems with word limits. Yeah. A lot of sites <laughs> these days uh, don't like big articles. Some of them do. Mm. It just depends on what you're you're writing for. Um, it's ridiculous. They should yeah. all love giant articles. They should be going for more words. There's no limitations on fucking. It's not like you're paying per character. It's not a fucking magazine. You know, have space limits, and time on page is the primary metric for every fucking SEO uh, element that I've ever fucking seen. So I don't understand why they would want less. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good question, Fridge Moss Man. Uh, was posing the question about the barbecue pasta, barbecue sauce pasta. And uh, I, I took another run. I took a run at his specific uh, recipe, uh, which he posted uh, earlier. Uh, I read out on the podcast. And um, I took a run at that one, but I, I modified it a little bit because I made it into a pasta bake. I had a bunch of barbecue sauce and I added half a block of cream cheese into the pasta, uh, into the pasta when I added the sauce. And then I baked it with cheese on top, and it was fucking phenomenal. It legit tasted like a barbecue fucking chicken pizza, like, uh, you know, with barbecue sauce base with chicken on top. Uh, it, but as a pasta bake, it was fucking phenomenal. Everyone should try it. Crusty Raven writes, Apologies to our glorious podcasting overlords, Jazzy Joby and Lionhearted Luke for my non-question last week, as when I heard my name mentioned in the questions, my mind went, what the fuck? I didn't post a question, and then it dawned on me. There may have been alcohol involved in posting that, and I could have been distracted. Anywho, this week, I have a couple of quick questions for the two of you. What classic arcade game gobbled up your 20-cent pieces when you were a youngin'? Luke, what did you play? Hmm. I'll go first. Gauntlet Legends. I played so much fucking Gauntlet Legends. It was ridiculous. Four players. Me and my brother played the shit out of it. Anyone else was welcome to join in with us. Um, But yeah, generally we were just fucking uh, hammering through on our own. Uh, For old, old, old school, uh, I got to go with, I think, uh, Galaga. I played a lot of fucking Galaga. A fucking lot of Galaga. Um, actually, was playing uh, at a mate's place the other day, and uh, it was almost like Quake Three again. I felt like I didn't. I don't know if because uh, he's got uh, this giant arcade machine with like you know the main box inside and all the ROMs, and you can play fucking anything. Um, 
Actually, that reminds me, the other, another one was fucking Die Hard Arcade. I played shitloads of... I was far more successful at Die Hard Arcade on this this machine than I was at Gallica. Um, I don't know what it was. Like, I just couldn't get my... I, I don't know. There was there was a sort of... There was a muscle memory to Gallica, I think. And I couldn't fucking get my fucking... My muscle memory back in on that one. So I was fucking potato at it. But uh, we had a machine in the game arena offices that had Gallica. And uh, I played the fuck out of that just to make sure that no motherfucker could steal my high score away from me. Because despite uh, constantly giving me shit about being a nerd, and they did a lot, uh, almost every single person in senior leadership uh, at Telstra Media was uh, extremely good at Gallagher. They played a fuck ton of it. And so uh, they would all roll up and try to beat my high score. Just to, oh, the, oh, the, how come this guy's reviewing games? How come I'm better at Gallagher than him? Oh, and I'd be like, all right, motherfuckers, if that's how it's going to be. And <laughs> yeah, I'd quake time, I'd bitch. fucking blitz him at fucking Gallagher. Um, anyway, uh, so Gallagher. Luke, classic arcade game? Um, I didn't play a lot of arcade games. Oh. Um. I think maybe that's just because I grew up with PCs in the house and yeah. consoles. Um, so it's not like going down to the arcades and playing arcade games all the time. I, I guess the ones that sort of come to mind are like the Aliens versus Predator. Oh, yeah. Like X-Men stuff, Simpsons, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, because like Street Fighter and that sort of stuff, like that was, I'd play that on PC. Same with Mortal Kombat and... Yeah, I think just by having a PC at home and even further going back of like um, like Ataris and Omegas and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, just like even just having the PC at home, I think that was probably why it wasn't like, let's go down the arcade and play games because we had it, mm. had a lot of that stuff. I mean, like, um, yeah. But it was kind of like when you go down and play bowling or something like that, and then you jump on the arcades for a little while, but oh, yeah. it wasn't. I wouldn't jump on like the same machine all the time. I'd kind of check out stuff that was different, but yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't going down there every Saturday and spending a bunch of coins on certain things. So yeah, um, and then I think my, my dad's even got a arcade machine. Yeah, at the moment, and he had that before I left home. So yeah, <laughs> like I've just kind of grown up with gaming machines my entire life. So it's not like arcade machines or, or video games were sort of out of reach for me. Yeah. All right, flexi boy. Um, yep. Cool. Bad answer, but uh, good question. No. For the past uh, Xbox and PlayStation Gen, somehow I've always ended up getting both. Life is always catches up, family, job, blah, blah, blah. And this Gen, I'm choosing one side and sticking to it. If you had to decide on one only yourselves, which console are you choosing? Team Xbox or Team PlayStation? Luke? I think we t- briefly touched on this uh, a couple of weeks ago because you were trying to work out which one yeah. you were getting. I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking write them both off on tax. So I don't give a fuck. But uh, yeah, if you had to choose yeah, one, what I, would you go? If I had to choose one, it'd be PlayStation for sure. I think they've just proven themselves over the last two um, console generations that they really are paying attention to first-party games. And uh, I, I think it's been a while for Xbox. Like, Maybe the 360. I'd say, yeah, the 360 had a bunch of good stuff, but these last two, 
Um, two? Wait. One. Xbox One. One and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting confused now. Because yeah, they, they had the mid-cycle thing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this this generation for Xbox has been extremely poor. Uh, like they've done good stuff around services and, and like your game passes and and uh, I just don't think the games they put out the first party stuff other than Sea of Thieves to me is kind of the one that I can think of where I'm like that was awesome yeah yeah just haven't hit as hard as what PlayStation have you know what it is for me is that I don't think I would go team PlayStation as well Uh, I mean I mean let's ignore the fact that I've got uh, very expensive PlayStation shoes um, which I bought with my own money there was no fucking uh, um, I think underhanded there. My own, no. Uh, Anyway, um, I'm obviously a bit of a, a, there's a bit of PlayStation fanboy in me, but um, no, I would go PlayStation because as you said, like there's nothing on the Xbox One over its life cycle that I feel like I like missed playing or couldn't have played if I didn't have a PlayStation uh, or a PC. If I had a PlayStation or PC, I I could have, functionally played everything worth playing on the xbox uh regardless i wouldn't have missed out on anything but if i only had an xbox and a pc i would have missed out on some of the best games of the generation like yeah flat out the best games of the generation i wouldn't have played god of this War. generation man yeah god of war spider-man bloodborne yeah. horizon uncharted mm-hmm. uh Not uncharted, last of but... us yeah like there's a bunch that I can think of off the top of my head and then there's stuff that's not like as uh, Dreams is another one I can think of yeah um, but they've got like a huge range of stuff that, that is like Days Gone was fine it wasn't anything spectacular but uh, Detroit Become Human I still enjoyed most of that game fuck that game uh, even though the, the ending was terrible um, yeah I like they've got stuff there uh, yeah yeah, exactly. And like it, even though a lot of the PlayStation exclusives are very slowly coming to PC, um a lot of them aren't. And I think that is a pretty severe distinction, a very important distinction if yeah, I think you can accomplish enough with a PC and a PlayStation. And if if you can't have a PC and a PlayStation, I would choose a PC before I chose a PlayStation. If I'm being fucking honest, uh 100% because you can steam stream to most TVs if you really want to play on a fucking couch. And yeah. uh, it's far better going that way than it is going from PlayStation to your PC. Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. Like, and like the fucking networking involved is the same on my end. So uh, it doesn't make sense that, yeah, uh, streaming my PlayStation to my PC is way worse than streaming my PC to my TV. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, I, so- I think we're going to see Sony change next generation with this PC stuff. Yeah. Um, just by what we've seen from them in this last couple of months with uh, Death Stranding coming out. Yeah. And uh, Horizon's out in, is it next month? August, I think. Uh, I'm going to play, I'm going to replay that game. I'm going to buy it. Like, I'm keen to play it on PC again. Um, and I think they'll see the sales from those games and be like, oh shit, look how much money we can make doing this stuff. Like we can double dip. We'll do the Red Dead thing. Fuck it. Um, and then once they see that, I think they're going to start doing that a lot more with their first party 
with their first party titles next generation at least even if it's just like a year after the release or a year and a half or something like that um yeah i think that's gonna be a focus for them moving forward but yeah if i had to pick between one or the other it'd be playstation for sure hands down yeah absolutely yep cool uh great oh hang on there's a little bit more to it sorry my fucking question page big love guys and thanks for the oral pleasure week in and week out what a fucking sentence uh thanks for writing crusty raven i'm glad it wasn't a link this time uh it was very confusing trying to read that out um that is the questions uh thanks for response man and crusty raven good stuff yeah. cool um, that is the show. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all the places you get your podcast from will be on there. You can find us on the Gap, the GA podcast, or the Gap podcast. One of those three will bring us up for sure. You can also uh, email us if you'd like to, the GA podcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our Discord page, the GA podcast.com slash Discord. You can leave us questions on there. You can jump in and just uh, talk general, general crap. I think. Um, I can see someone talking about Nate's new preview. Let's go. Oh, I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited. That went up last night, I think. I'm, I'm very excited to read it. His interview with him was fucking phenomenal. Did you read that? No, I haven't seen it. There was fucking juice in that interview. If I don't know if they linked to it, as I said, I haven't read the preview. Uh, But read the fucking the deep dive interview. They go fucking in like. Some of the shit they're talking about is full blown, like deep dive de- balancing shit. It's really good. It's definitely worth reading. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Discord. Uh, you can also find us on social media Facebook.com slash GA podcast, Twitter.com slash GA podcast. You can go to our YouTube page, GAPodcast.com slash YouTube, and you can watch the podcast in video form. Uh, occasionally, we chuck up uh, videos of. The things we're talking about in the background last week there was a bunch of stuff that went up uh we put some assassin's creed valhalla and uh watchdogs legion preview that job did uh there was also some hyperscape and rocket league as well on there so a bunch of video hmm. on top of uh we put our carry on interview up as well as a separate video so you can also um if you maybe missed that on last podcast you can go check that out as well and yeah, and more things on there as well. Uh, you can also go to our website, thegapodcast.com. It's got links to all those things we just talked about, including past episodes of the show. If you want to read, uh, read some old reviews or uh, read Job's Rocket Arena review, you can go do that. That's on the site as well. Yep. Uh, and that is all thanks to our Patreon members who help support this show. If you would like to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash thegapodcast and uh, become a monthly member it helps us pay the bills so we greatly appreciate everyone that helps support us from month to month yes during these very hard times you're the best and that is it anything you'd like to talk about before we go job no no nothing no. else um That's you can it. find me twitter.com slash luke laurie uh i think keep an eye out for the on the website i'll try and get a chance to put that uh, review up of Karen. record Good. it right. probably cool. tomorrow though sweet so it's getting too late now to do that yep um so uh, this embargo for carry on is i think it's tonight so podcast might go up a little bit later than normal for for patreon people but we'll try and get it out as soon as we can and uh otherwise we're back next week 
talking about probably some more ghosts and uh, obviously the big xbox news whatever happens tomorrow uh i might get up for it might get up at nine o'clock or eight o'clock whatever uh, time look, it is, look at you go look at you go it's fun. let's see uh, i'm gonna get excited any predictions any what do you fable or uh new, new what about um from software game no no, no nothing nothing it'll be halo what about forza Halo, Fable, and Forza, and that's it. Like, that's it. It's not going to be anything out of the ordinary. What about indie games? Uh, no, not tomorrow. They're going to focus deep dive on fucking on Halo. I think we get a lot of Halo. Cool. See you later. Bye.